Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, a pleasant good Monday morning. Hope everybody had a great weekend. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by our good friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. I'd like to say on a Monday, you walk in the door. And look, Mondays are Mondays. I get it. But you still have to show up and bring your A game. And I would say we're about, uh, we're a little more than halfway at that point right now as the show is getting started. Casey, not good. You're just down. You're out. You're all the above. Tom. Walking around here in the studio this morning, the most disappointing season in the history of Cincinnati sports. It is. It is. It is one of the most disappointing years in Cincinnati sports. What about the fighting Bearcats? Sports. You're seven and zero. Sure. Okay. All right. You got me there. You can't say that. Send them back. This UC basketball seven and zero to start the year. We still got to wait a whole another couple months. We'll we'll wait and see if they make it to the tournament. How about that? That's fair enough. But then by that point, it's 2024. Tom, FC losing to the crew is a disaster. The Bengals losing Joe Burrow for the year, disaster. Joe Burrow losing to the Chiefs in the championship, disaster. I mean, what are we talking about? You had a good football, year. Football, disaster. Had a good year. If you like, you know, if you like finishing third in your division and falling short of the playoffs, you had a hell of a year. <laughs> My That's point, right. disaster. Right. This year has been an absolute train wreck. Well, you see football. You can't, you can't get down on the fight in Scott Satterfield. Disaster. Xavier, Xavier lost to Oakland. I was going to time out, time out. <laughs> This year, in the year of our Lord, 2023, the Bengals made an AFC Championship game. They won they two lost. playoff games. They lost. The Xavier Musketeers made the Sweet 16. Yep. The Reds have had the most exciting season that they've had in a decade. Yep. Now, UC football, not good. FC Cincinnati has the best regular season in Major League Soccer history. And it doesn't matter because they lost to Columbus Crew. Well, I don't I'm think you quite understand. I'm going to remember that the next time the Bengals get beat in the championship game. And you tell me how great they are. What is that? That's my bad. Oh, I like that. Let's have a little bit of that for the monologue. Can we roll that? <laughs> if you really want to, but I, I, that was a mistake. I no, but that, it's okay. Button. It sounded good. Let me hear a little bit of that. We need everybody to chill. What's he playing? I can't hear it. I mean, this sounds like something you'd hear from Barry White. And have it going on. <laughs> I mean, come on. What is it? Come on now, Daddy. Come on now. <laughs> All right, Tom. What is it? It was. A, it's been a disaster. This morning, I, I just. I can't I, get I up, Tom. I can't get it? up. I'm, and then I'm, there's you. I what's mean, up, then Tom? there's you. You come walking in. Play the music again, Casey. <laughs> you want the music, play Tom? Play the music again. <laughs> I just can't hear it. I can't hear yeah. it either. I don't have one. Huh? <laughs> uh, hang on, hang on. Let me play it again. Play it again. Someone's before we get to before we get to Elliot. Let him. What is it? El El Elliot doesn't have headphones. I mean, so nobody. No, I I've asked it 15 times. Let's this see how many is, times I can ask before so nobody answers. This is Don Cornelius in the Soul Train. <laughs> what a game. preposterous start to this show. I mean, you have walked in in a brutal mood. Yeah, I'm not the most happy I've ever been in my entire life. I got on the I got on the highway this morning. Whole thing was shut down, Tom. Whole thing was shut down. Shut her down. Shut her down. I had to go through a bunch of back roads to get here. 
just once a month, once a month on my 45-minute drive to Hamilton, Ohio, it becomes an hour and a half, and today was that day. And it wasn't a good day. I, I forgot my wallet at home. I don't have my wallet with me today. Mm. Just we're, all, we're off to a bad start. Well, and I got to confess, many of you have asked about it already. I forgot the high noons today. I left them in my garage. I actually have a whole bunch of them in that garage. While they're there, I don't know. When you have kids that are teenagers, that's what you have sometimes, uh, especially if you have a daughter. Because our, our son wouldn't get near the high noon. He's not old enough to drink. And by teenagers, you mean 21 years old? Precisely. Okay. <laughs> I just my daughter's not a teenager. Um, okay. All right. All right. We're going to get to lots of stuff coming up. As you know, we come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a a to 12. P. Boy, what a, oh, this is brutal. <laughs> this is like hanging out on the Florida State campus this morning. You can find us on YouTube, the Chatterbox Sports page. You can find us on Twitter. Are we live today at Seabox Sports, Casey? We are. We are. We're live. Okay, or you can find us in podcast form. Just download a search off the bench with Tom Brenneman. Download us, you're dialed in. Now, oftentimes, right, the world is as simple as black and white with a little bit of gray sprinkled in between, okay? We know right from wrong. We know good from bad. It's really not that hard to figure out if we're just being honest with ourselves or honest with others. We know. But when it comes to this college football playoff thing, I don't know if anybody's right and maybe everybody's wrong. In other words, there's a whole lot of gray in this whole thing. The college football playoff rankings were unveiled yesterday and the sports world has been turned completely upside down. Now, most people have no problem with Michigan and Washington being one and two. I mean, they went undefeated and they won their conference championship. Texas takes the number three spot after losing one time during the year to Oklahoma, but won the Pac-12 title, the Big 12 title. The fourth spot is where there's chaos. Florida State lost its starting quarterback three weeks ago. They lost their number two quarterback in last week's win over Florida. Their third string quarterback, Started against a very average, and man, do I mean average, Louisville team over the weekend in the ACC championship game. That quarterback did not even throw for 60 yards in the game. But Florida State won the game. The Seminoles are undefeated, and they won their conference championship. Alabama, meanwhile, from the mighty SEC, took down number one Georgia in that title game. Now, they did lose earlier this season, you may remember, against Texas at home. So who gets a final spot in the Final Four? Well, you already know the answer. The Crimson Tide of Alabama. For the first time in the BCS era or the college football playoff era, an undefeated team from a Power Five conference that won its conference championship title game will not play in the Final Four. So here's the way they stack them up. You've got number one Michigan playing number four Alabama in a semifinal game in the Rose Bowl. Then in the Sugar Bowl, you have Washington against Texas. We will discuss this at length in a matter of moments. And did you see the news out of Columbus, Ohio this morning? Ohio State starting quarterback Kyle McCord, who in his first season as a starter, throws for over 3,100 yards, 24 touchdowns, six interceptions, complete 67% of his passes. Oh, and by the way, his team went 11-1. and one. He's gone. 
McCord announced this morning he has entered the transfer portal. He will not play in the Cotton Bowl against Missouri, which means you can pretty much take it to the bank that Ryan Day already has a major commitment in the transfer portal. On to the pro game. It is so weird this time of year, after the last two years, that we're sitting around here and really making no big deal about the Bengals playing tonight. I mean, when this schedule came out, you're thinking, Burrow, Lawrence, two playoff teams from last year. Maybe the number one seed in the AFC will be on the line when they play. Well, it might be for Jacksonville. It ain't for the Bengals. I mean, you play against Pittsburgh, that's tough sledding, brother. If you didn't hear, they play tonight in Jacksonville. Playoff hopes on life support. The Jaguars shared the best record in the AFC with Baltimore, and Miami right now is number one. But every Jaguars loss, to be fair, all three of them, have happened at home this season. So that's no big, huge home field advantage. Do the Bengals have a chance with Jake Browning at quarterback? That's the second week in a row. Will Zachary Taylor come up with something new to help him out? Like maybe a run game. Kickoff at 8.15 tonight. A wild day in the AFC North yesterday. Cleveland and Pittsburgh both lose. Joe Flacco cruising along. Actually looked pretty good for three quarters. But would throw a late pick, which led to a Rams touchdown. 36-19 the final. Meanwhile, Kenny Pickett knocked out of the game with a foot injury in the first half. His replacement, Mitchell Trubisky, could do nothing. Arizona dominated the Steelers. The Steelers. You know what happens when you play the Steelers? If you're thinking about running the ball against the Steelers, do you know what happens? Man, that's tough sledding, brother. It's just the way it goes against Pittsburgh. That's just tough sledding. <laughs> well, former Steeler running back, James Conner didn't think so. They just kept giving him the ball, giving him the ball, giving him the ball. And it was like being on the top of, what's the largest mountain here in Hamilton? Is there a mountain in Hamilton? The tallest point in uh, Hamilton County, I think, is Mount Rumpke, which is right outside of Hamilton. Okay, Mount Rumpke. Besides that. Tallest point, we'll say Eaton Hill. Okay. Do they do sled riding off Eastern e Eaton Hill? Uh, no. No. That'd be very dangerous. They probably do that somewhere, though, over on the west side. Sure. Okay. That's what it was like for James Conner. Packed with snow, top of the hill, on your sled. Shoot. Straight down. 105 yards, two touchdowns. Don't look now. Trace Fowler had thrown in the team on his Green Bay Packers, had thrown in the towel on them. Well, now they've won three straight, including a shocker last night at Lambeau. 27-19, a win over Kansas City. He's not red-hot, he's white-hot. Jordan Love throws for three touchdowns, and the Packers win. And look, let's be honest, we've talked about this 20-20. They're as good as anybody in the NFL. But anybody who's watched the Chiefs play a lot of football this year, you have, I have, this is not the same team on offense. You say whatever you want to say. They're averaging eight points less per game this season than they were this time a year ago. Something's missing. I don't know what it is, and they got time to get it together. But right now, it's missing. The biggest game of the day, on paper anyway, was no contest. Philadelphia gets pummeled by the 49ers. 42-19. Brock Purdy. Who called him a system quarterback? Uh, I certainly did. Okay. I certainly have. Okay. Just I curious. have as well. Threw it for over 300 yards, four touchdowns. Pretty good system. Mm -hmm. The Niners also ran it 28 times for 146 yards, 
an average of better than five yards per carry. College basketball is crosstown shootout week. Mm-hmm. UC and Xavier collide at the Centos Center Saturday night. Bearcats now 7-0 and on the year. And what's that ranking? They're number 14? The net. Yeah, the net came out today. I saw it on Twitter. I haven't, I haven't checked that, but according to Twitter, uh, they're 14th in the net ahead of the Kansas Jayhawks. Well, they'll get a chance to prove that later in the year. Certainly will. They'll play this year. Uh, X, meanwhile, hung in there. UC won over Florida Gulf Coast yesterday, 7-0 on the year. Xavier hung in there against number six Houston on Friday night. They lost by six. So we'll see if UC, which right now is a better team. Doesn't mean they're going to win. But right now as we sit here today, UC has a better basketball team than Xavier. Xavier's played a better schedule. No question about that. So you see, yep. UC has not won in the Centos Center since 2001. It's when Huggy was still around. And last but not least, oh boy, Casey, Heartbreak City continues to define our city in all the big moments. Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Just, just break my heart. FC Cincinnati looked totally in command. 2-0, first half, rolling. And then the proverbial wheels came off in the MLS Eastern Conference Final, falling to their bitter rivals up north, 95 miles up north in Columbus, Ohio, 3-2 the final. Phenomenal year, though, for FCC. But you said, Casey, you thought they simply ran out of steam. Is that right? Is that what you said to me this morning? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely looked like Towards the end there, I mean, they were all gassed. I mean, before the game was even over, it felt like they were just out of it. Um, they were dominating the first. I would say they dominated the first half, obviously, 2 nothing. But the second half, it felt like they didn't get the ball much, not much possession going on there. Um, obviously, the defense was really shaky there towards the end. It felt like they just out of it was a war of nutrition and it, they just got beat in that area. Um, I know Mouse Cup kind of pointed out that you know we had Acosta out there pretty much the entire game. We had Vasquez out there the entire game. We had these guys that um, were basically out there the entire time and never got breaks. Um, you can't have that. Uh, you either got to be at the top of your peak or you know 90 percent you can't be at this 75 50 percent just kind of jogging out there on defense like that's just that stuff can't happen but there was a lot of good that happened early yep. on um hopefully they can somewhat maintain the most the most important pieces of this roster but looks like barrial a guy that I really like might be out the door, according to Roger. I haven't really looked at all that stuff just yet, but mm. there's going to be pieces that walk out that door that they're going to really miss. So Sounds like the Bengals. Yeah, they're a lot like the Bengals. All right, before we get to the Bengals, and look, we got Charlie Goldsmith coming up at 11-11, precisely 11-11, uh, to talk about the Bengals, talk about Reds Fest. Did any of you guys go to Reds Fest this weekend? I did. I went to Reds Fest on How Friday. How was it? <clears throat> It was packed Friday. Um, I went there and did a little work, if you want to call it that, on Saturday. Um, Nick Kirby uh, jumped on with 1410 Dayton uh, wing and did some interviews, which was cool for him. 
It was packed. It was packed on Friday. And, you know, I got to be honest, um, I think it's an unbelievable event. Yes. Yep. The only thing, and I know that they, they can't control this, so it's a mute point to a certain extent. But, man, the, the amount of people that just love autographs and uh, – it just like it just seems like a memorabilia con to a certain extent yeah. for some people, and I'm not saying that. I guess that takes away the event a little bit for me because you're just like, what? What are we doing here? I mean, we're we're like trying to run people over, trying to get to this this line because heaven forbid you don't get this card signed. But again, I'm not trying to knock people that that love memorabilia, but that's I guess of all the things, if I were to say that was the most uh, like meh type thing. That would be it, but I don't think you can. It's it's going to be there forever. That's what are right. the red, what, what are the Reds going to do? Like you have to. That's right. It is what it is. Well, I mean, then then you read over the weekend that uh, what the Babe Ruth rookie card sells for seven point two million dollars. Seven? Can you imagine spending seven million dollars on a baseball card? I mean, everybody's into their own thing, and I, I mean, you know, know good for them if that's what's important to them or what they're into. But I mean, a, a piece of cardboard this big. That's insane. $7 million? You know, they used to sell the baseball cards back in the day? Used to put them in packs of cigarettes. That's right. That's right. That's they ought to double those cards. up. Double them up. Never know. Might be a millionaire while you're lighting a schmag. <laughs> Who knows? All right, listen. Let's get to the uh, college football playoff here. Uh, this has everybody really up in arms. I want to go around the room. And, and before we do that, you know... I'm, I'm sitting there like a lot of you uh, yesterday. I, I didn't have all day to sit around in front of the TV, and they had that three-hour show on ESPN, but I caught bits and pieces of it. Uh, and, you know, in that group, you had um, you had McElroy, who I think was an Alabama quarterback, right? But, you know, look, he's a straight-down-the-middle shooter. I don't care where he played. He laid it out there, felt terrible for Florida State, but he did point out, and this is true, and Kirk Herbstreit did the same thing. That one of the major criteria for this committee determining who's in and who's not, and it very clearly says that in the bylaws of this committee, that a major injury can have a major impact on who they think should be in. And the bottom line is Florida State, whether you agree with it or not, because I think all of us, all of us, no matter what, even Nick Saban would say this. All of us agree you feel terrible for Florida State. You feel terrible for the other 120 kids on the roster besides Jordan Travis, the quarterback who got hurt two weeks ago. You feel terrible for um, all the staff, the coaches, going back to two-a-days in, in August in 8,000-degree weather in Tallahassee. And you're told if you win every game, you're going to have a chance to play for the championship, and that's the way it ought to be. I get it. That's why I say there's a lot of gray here. Everybody universally agrees that you feel terrible for Florida State. Having said that, we argue and go back and forth a lot on this show about the Southeastern Conference. What, 17 years, BCS, college football playoff, the SEC has won 13 or 14 of the championships, right? They've been the most dominant force in college football, without a doubt. Their best team normally wins the whole thing. And that, that cannot be disputed. The best team this year in the SEC, proven on the field, was Alabama. They won their division. Georgia won its division. They played, and Alabama won the game. So, 
Are you going to leave the Southeastern Conference champion out of the college football playoff? Florida State is going to play Georgia in a bowl game. The line came out yesterday. Florida State is nearly a 15-point underdog. That's exactly what Florida State would be against Michigan if they were the number four team in the playoff. Alabama will not be a 14-point underdog to anybody, ever. So, I understand both sides of this argument. I can't decide uh, what I agree with or what I don't agree with. I know that Florida State, and God bless them, they would have no chance. With that team that I watched, and many of you may have watched it, some of you maybe didn't watch any of it, I watched a ton of that Louisville-Florida State game. It was brutal. It was brutal. Louisville uh, better thank its lucky stars that it plays in the ACC. Because for that team to go 10-2 and two or 10-3, and three, whatever they – that team, Florida State's defense was unbelievable. But I mean on offense, they could not get out of their own way. And in fairness to them, they're playing a third-string quarterback who hadn't played all year long. Now, you could say their number two guy did pretty well in the win over Florida, which he did, and would be back in time to play in the college football playoff, which he would. He was in concussion protocol on a cheap hit, which makes it even that much worse. It was a dirty play in the Florida game the week before. But men, I hand it off to you. Reed, I'll start with you. Where do you come down on this whole thing? Yeah, is it? I, I don't know if this is fair or not to have of the take to where I, I and I think you kind of alluded to this, where you, you kind of feel like you're on both sides of the thing. Yeah. To where I feel personally that, yeah, I would have preferred Alabama to get in. I think that Alabama is the better team. And if the, the goal of the committee is to get the four best teams to play in the college football playoff, then they succeeded in that because that, that's what we have shown to be. On the other side of it, how can you have an undefeated Power Five conference champion not get in to your 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 sports tournament, and that's really just condemning to the system a, as a whole, right? And luckily, it's going to change next year. Like if if this would have happened five years ago, I don't know where we'd be at because the only solace you could find in this whole thing is that next year solace. it is expanding to to twelve teams. Yep. But yeah, when, when when it comes down to it, I feel like I I I, I feel on both sides of the coin to where, yeah, I wanted Alabama to be the number four team. I wanted a better game to be Michigan and Alabama to watch it. And then simultaneously, Florida State got, got kind of screwed, right? You, you, you're told you win all your games, you yep. win your conference championship, and in a power five, you're going to have a chance to compete for the national championship, and that's just not the case for Florida State. Now, I will say, you know, people are saying, well, there's no precedence for it. Look. And, and I brought this up with the guys beforehand, and, and David Brown jumped in and said the same thing, and I said the same thing an hour and a half ago. If Florida State would have even looked remotely decent, competitive on offense in a game they won, I understand. But let's not forget what happened in 2014. Okay, the first year of the college football play, and they had the same criteria then as they do now. Major injury can be a deciding factor of who's in and who's out. Well, you may remember that year, JT Barrett was the starting quarterback for Ohio State. Broke his ankle in the game against Michigan. Ohio State then went and played in the Big Ten Championship team against a one-loss Wisconsin team that had a really good year. Cardale Jones stepped in to be quarterback for Ohio State in that game. Ohio State scored 59 points in that game. 
59 to nothing. Cardale Jones looked like Joe Namath. And so what happened? Ohio State was sitting fifth. TCU was fourth. When the rankings came back out for the final four, Ohio State got put in because they scored 59 against Wisconsin with Cardale Jones at quarterback. And Ohio State, ironically, won the national championship that year. They beat Alabama in a semi-Oregon in a title game um, with Cardale Jones as a quarterback. Uh, could that have happened with Florida State? We'll never know. You're very upset about this. Yeah, I <laughs> very upset. You are. You, Listen, I mean, you were on Twitter yesterday like a madman. Reed and I've been talking about this for as long as I've as, as long as I've worked here, a couple months. Jacob and I argued about this on the show a couple months ago. I have issues with the way college football decides who competes for a national championship. I think it's I I don't think it's the way sports were meant to be played. I don't think I don't think you play you play your sport to have twelve angry men, twelve angry rich men in a, in a room saying, you know what? Yeah, I think this team's better. Based on what? If you're if you're gonna say that Florida State, who went undefeated, who won their who won their conference, if you're gonna say they're not good enough to compete because they lost their quarterback, what what are we doing here? Why are we playing? The 2018 Eagles lost their MVP in Carson Wentz. Do you think Roger Goodell should have stepped in, taken that team out of the playoffs because they weren't going to be good? It's a different team. They won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. They did. We don't watch sports because the best four always play each other. That's not, that's not what sports is. If you earn your spot, you get to play in it. And that's, and that's what happened. Florida State earned it. They shut down Louisville, and I know you want to say Louisville's bad. They're a ranked team. They didn't allow a touchdown. The defense stepped up. They did. Florida State did their job, and they are being punished because their quarterback got hurt. It's not the way sports were meant to be played. It's nonsense. It's a it, it, What's happening is criminal. It really is. And, and thank God it's over. We're going to 12 teams, and all this will be fixed. But it was one final FU to the Florida State program this year. Because that's a joke. Don't play the games. They don't matter. They don't matter. They will pick who they think is the best teams. I think, I, and I was, talking with, I was talking with Trace, Georgia, I think, is a top four team. Mm -hmm. I think Georgia is one of the best four teams. So the games matter to some people. They matter to Alabama. They matter to Texas. You, you don't get to pick and choose who the games matter for. Florida State won all of their games. They did their job. They earned their spot. But they the, won but, their but conference. The quote criteria is and, and I get and I get other they, relevant factors such as unavailability of key players that may have an effect or affect the team's postseason performance. All those teams you just mentioned have their starting quarterback. Sure. JJ McCarthy. And it's and it and Michael I, Penix Jr., Quinn Ewers, right? Alabama, the kid Milrow. I mean, they all got their guy. Sure. And it's great that they put that little bylaw in there. It's, it, they covered their tracks. I'm happy for the committee. It shouldn't be decided on 12 guys in a room who have a bunch of money and who don't care about college football. They're just fans. It's like having me in there. Just a bunch of idiots deciding who gets to play for an answer. That's not what sports is. Do you think fans nope. should be able to vote? Who? you think the fans should be able to vote? No, I don't think the fans should be able to vote either. It's, if you do your job, you're in. If you're 12 yeah, and 0, democracy. you're 13 and 0, you get into the playoff. That's what it should be. And if you want to say that the, the, their schedule wasn't good enough, fine. Whatever. That's, that, that's up to you. But 13-0 in a Power 5 conference should be good enough. And, that's, and, they, and they, did not get, they didn't miss the playoff because of their schedule. 
They didn't miss the, the schedule, or they didn't miss the playoff because of the way they played. They missed it because they lost their quarterback. They, they missed it because of an injury. It's, it's, it's utter nonsense. Uh, congratulations to Alabama and Texas. I said it. I said it on Saturday night. It was going to be Alabama, Texas. I think everybody kind of knew what, what, what was coming there. And I get it from a competitive standpoint. You don't want to blow out. But the average margin of defeat in these playoff games is 17. And that's what it's been for 10 years. The average margin of defeat in the, play, in the college football playoff has been 17 points a game. So what, do you, so what are we doing here? You're going to punish a team for a less than 17-point blowout when they could win the game? I know it's different sports, but Purdue lost to a 16 seed in Farley Dickinson. They did. On The eye test tells me Purdue's better. Why don't they get to why, – why, why does Purdue have to play that game? What are we wasting our time with? New, the, Cincinnati, new, the Cincinnati Bengals have a backup quarterback right now. They look terrible. If they were to win out because it's not Joe Burrow, they don't get to make the playoffs because they don't, they don't have Joe Burrow? That's not how, it's not how sports is supposed to work. So that's, that's, that's all I'll say. I'm, I'm sure I'll say more. But I, it's, it's, it's utter nonsense. I get the point. I get saying Florida State probably would have lost by 20. They probably would have. Probably. But you can't rule teams out of the playoff based on hypotheticals. That's not, it's not, that's not what we do here. Go ahead, Trace. You done? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I sat here and I told you that if Florida State played in a power, uh, a Big Ten or the SEC last week, that I don't know if they'd even be bowl eligible. I'd walk that back a little bit. Maybe they get to six or seven wins. The other side of this is that I also understand there's a huge flaw in the system, and I think that we can all admit that. Even though yeah. if you want to say the committee got it right, you can say they got it right. If you want to say they got it wrong, you can say they got it wrong. Whatever. It's it's just a more or less when I sat there on Saturday night, I was more or less not just sad because, yeah, Georgia lost. That's, that is what it is. You all well know that's my fandom. But I love watching college football. <clears throat> and every single year you have a situation where there's going to be a team – that you could argue has a chance to compete for a national championship and quote-unquote deserves it, or they have one of the best teams to go out and, and fight for a chance at it. And this year we're sitting here and we all can, can – we're the losers. Like, if you, the fans and the people that love this sport are the losers in this situation because you don't get to see any outcomes. Is it fair that Ohio State had to go on the road against a team for all intents and purposes that – you could argue is one of the best teams in the country, but they had to play them in their house, which is not obviously fair. That's not a neutral site game. They lose in a one possession game where their quarterback makes one mistake that you could say was the difference. They play all year long, and that's the reason they don't get to compete for national championship. Georgia hasn't lost a game in three years. They have a non-review or a reviewable play that doesn't get called on fourth down on their own side of the 50 in Alabama. Fortunately for them, doesn't get it overturned. They win the game by three points. It's not like Alabama went out and, and waxed Georgia. They won by three points. So now Georgia sits at home because whatever, the, 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 the way it all panned out, it doesn't work out. Washington's undefeated. Texas has got one loss, which is fair. And then you have a Florida State team who I obviously don't think is very good. But I will also admit that Elliot is actually like when you when you strip it all away, Elliot's point is valid and right. And I'll say I'll say this: if we're all going to sit here and act like we know the outcomes, then we 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 are all just lying to ourselves. Because at, at the end of it all, Florida State 
The one thing that I didn't give them credit for on Friday versus what I feel about them now is that their defense is very, very, very good. good. Elite. Yeah. Their defense is elite. No doubt. Yeah. So if 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 it's if yes, their quarterback went down and that sucks. But to sit here and act like Florida State couldn't compete with somebody based off just the fact alone, their defense, they held them to six points. They held Louisville to six points. The same Louisville team that went out and beat an Notre Dame team that everybody was ranting and raving about earlier this year. Oh, by the way, New Mexico State whipped Auburn's ass. They kicked Auburn's ass in the very next week. Auburn is a Hail Mary away from beating Alabama. The yeah. almighty Alabama Crimson Tide. And oh, by the way, the Crimson Tide, the same one that everybody's sitting here acting like they're the best team in the country, they got their ass whipped by Texas at home. So to sit here and act, and Florida State, by the way, they played a team called LSU. They're from the Southeastern Conference at the beginning of the year. They have the Heisman quarterback. The, the Heisman quarterback. You know how many points they had with a minute and 30 seconds left in, in the game? They had 17 points. That same LSU team, two weeks later, went on the road against Missouri and scored 52 points. So you want to sit here and act like, well, Florida State this, oh, Florida State that. If you strip it all away, I'll just say this. The whole thing sucks ass. It just sucks. Because as Elliot said, it's not why we watch sports. Thank God they're going to 12. And if you want to spare me the whole, well, they'll argue about the 13th team. Well, at least the 13th team's lost like two or three games. So spare me the bullshit and sit here and act like what they have now is right. Because it's just, it's just tiring that we don't get to see what we just imagine if we got to see, close your eyes for a second, you get to see a 12 team playoff this year. Man, that would be fun. We'd all be excited. But now we get to watch what? Alabama play. You could argue Alabama is the sixth or seventh or maybe even, well, last week they were the eighth best team in the country. That's the last thing I'll say. So Alabama wins a three point game, they go from eight to four. Georgia loses the three point game, they go from one to six. That's a hell of a system you're running. You, I, I'll I say this. All the, all the people that are complaining about this, they must be really rich people. Because certainly that... What does rich have to do with well, anything? No, no, let me tell you why. He'll okay, get there. I He'll wait get here. There. He'll get there. All right, I'm waiting. You've used that word now, rich white guys, that term. I didn't say white guys. I didn't say white guys. No, what'd you say? Rich, old rich you don't guys. Think those you don't think those people are wealthy? The people that get I to think, pick I the think teams? a lot of them are well to do. I don't I know, think they most. I don't think most athletic directors are making stupid money. They have a lot of the players on their own college teams that are making more money than they do. I'm not saying that an athletic director doesn't make good money. But I mean, to sit there and to say every single... Now, do I think Gene Smith at Ohio State's a wealthy man? No doubt about it. Do I think the athletic director at James Madison is a wealthy man? No. Do I think they make more money than the average guy on the street? Absolutely. Do I think it has a damn thing to do with... With taking Florida State out and putting Alabama in, it has, based on how much money you have, that's absurd. They 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 get to be in the committee because they have money. They they that's, that's no. Why they there. get to be on the committee because they're an athletic director at a major institution. They have Power Five conference guys on there, and they have they have non-Power Five conference athletic directors on there. Okay. I feel like there's a lot of fun things to pick apart here, uh, whether someone's wealthy or not on the PME. My, my point was, I, I guess I had a quick question. Real quick. Can I say my point? Go ahead. Yeah, 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 please. Go, ahead. Go ahead. My point is that you must all be rich because you bet on the favorites every time and you, and, and you must have a million dollars because that's what everybody's saying. Florida State would have lost. They would have gotten killed. They should have gotten killed. You don't know. You don't, we don't play sports because of hypotheticals. If you bet the favorite every night in every sport, you'd lose money. 
Some at one point down the line you lose. Let me okay, let me illustrate. Let me, let me illustrate. Single, but we know not a just to clarify. What you were intertwining gambling and rich guys sitting in a room. I think it's safe to say that there's not a single person on that college football playoff committee that gambles on a college football. That's not what I'm insinuating. Was, I, I'm was, saying that was, they get joking. their place. They get their place because they're they're rich. That was my point. They get their place in that committee because they have the most. Things. I think it's a horrible take, but I'll illustrate Elliot's point for him. Uh, if you want to go off the point spread thing, then you can just look back at the Pac-12 championship or the Pac-10, where the hell they are. They're obviously existent, uh, non-existent now. Uh, I'm pretty sure last time I checked, Oregon was like 10-point favorites yeah. against yeah, against Washington, and Washington beat their ass. Not once, but they beat them twice. Right. So congratulations to Vegas on that. This is also the, 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 the same situation where Tom... The last question I have about all of this is, if, if from now on, if this was still the system, just lie about your guy's injury. That's what I would do. Yep. If I was Florida State, you know what I would have said from the very get-go? You know what? We're evaluating it. We think there's a chance that he had. We think there's a good chance that he, he could play on January one. Doesn't matter. Just lie about it. Who gives a shit? Right. There's there's the NCAA. Just, the, right, what, guys, what are they going to? Anybody t- does any seriously? Okay, we go back and forth on this stuff all the time, and, and most of it's tongue in cheek. I mean, is anybody going to sit here and try to tell anybody who follows college football? that you're going to leave the Southeastern Conference yeah. champion out of the college football play. The only reason they did that was Alabama, Tom. That's the if only... Georgia would have won that game, they'd be into. Well, they're undefeated, Tom. Well, no, I'm saying if they'd have had one loss coming into the game and they beat unbeaten number one Alabama, Georgia would have gotten into. If LSU had one loss Even if this they season... Had a... If LSU had one loss this season and they were coming into that game against number one Georgia and they beat number one Georgia... LSU would be in that. Now, I'm with you on an old Miss or somebody like that. I, I, I hear you. But when you're talking about, and we've talked about this ad nauseum on this program, really, at the end of the day, every conference in the country has two really good teams, and then the rest of them are mediocre, are, are slightly above average, a lot of them. That's what you have. Southeastern Conference, you have two blue bloods, and they played each other. And Alabama this year just happened to beat Georgia. There is no way you can have a college football playoff there's no way you can have a college football playoff and the Southeastern Conference champion not be in. What? There's no way. I agree. Listen, I agree. It, it seemed unless it seemed, Florida State's quarterback wasn't hurt. Well, so here's a question that I was going to propose to you guys while we're talking because um, Trace just said the only reason that they're in is because they're quote unquote Alabama. If 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 it wasn't Florida State that had that that pedigree, right? 14 and 0 ACC or 13 and 0 ACC champion. And I'm not going to diminish Florida State's reputation in college football, but if it was a team like Clemson, like say Clemson has yeah, the exact yeah. same resume as Florida State, would they have left Clemson out? I think they would have. I don't think they would have, Tom. Okay. I don't think they would have. All right, but over the long haul of college football, you're looking at Clemson over the last eight years. I, no, and, I, I know. And, over the long and that's haul. the point. That's the point. Does that, that shouldn't really matter. No, it that, shouldn't. That shouldn't matter, but no. that's, that's the facts. Is you're right, Alabama – gets the benefit of the doubt because they're Alabama. And maybe you could argue that they deserve the, the benefit of the doubt. But the reality is, is I would ask, what is their resume? Is it just because on one given, uh, on one given day, they, they're able to beat uh, Georgia who had, they were, Georgia had seven starters that either didn't play at all or played less than 50% of the snaps because they were hurt. So no one wants to talk about that. And then again, I'm not, I, I'm not here to, to argue that Georgia should be in the playoff. But what I am here to say is that just because Alabama wins one game in the SEC championship game, 
then, then, then automatically they have to give the benefit of the doubt over everybody else. Well, and that's the way it always goes with these guys. Well, and some people are saying it's about the money. Uh, look, it, 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 this year anyway has nothing to do with money. That contract is over as it stands right now. They've already cashed the checks from television. There's a whole new contract where those checks get a lot bigger starting next year. When we go to 12 teams. I mean, you talk about stupid money now. I mean, so it, this year, it's not about the money. I, I, I just think that the committee looks at it. And again, I, I'm with all the rest of everybody else. I feel terrible for them. But I don't care if it was Michigan. I don't care if it was Washington. I don't care if it was Georgia. I don't care who it is. If you played with your third string quarterback, okay, you're going to take a hit. You're going to take a hit. And Alabama just beat a team it hasn't lost in three years. They're the two-time def- – and it really wasn't even a neutral field. Let's be honest with us here. Oh, please. Last Georgia was using a silent count. played every year in Georgia. I, I'm sick and tired of hearing that bullshit, too. Do like, Alabama doesn't Atlanta? travel, Tom. Do Alabama. Alabama. Oh, yeah. I didn't say that. But when you sell, each school is allowed to sell so many tickets, the way these events work. 50%. And then the rest of, no, it's not 50%. It's not the way it works. They have an 80,000-seat stadium. 40,000 don't go to Georgia, and 40,000 go to Alabama. They each get about 20,000. And then the rest of the bowl is filled in with corporate sponsors and average fans who go scout stuff. The last time I checked, the University of Georgia plays in Georgia. The game is in Georgia. Right. So there's no way that is a total neutral field. But it doesn't matter because they've won on that field the last two years until this year. They've won the game, fair and square. Nick Saban's never lost in that stadium, Tom. What's the point? He's never lost in a stadium? He's never lost in there. He's never lost to Georgia in that stadium. Okay. All right. So what's the point? The point my is, point, is, my the point is, is they play the my game opposite point. My if opposite point If we played the is, game, if it wasn't your team yeah, that we're sure. talking about here, you would have no skin in this game. If we were playing every year where the best team in the Big Ten played in Indiana and they played the Big Ten championship game every year in Indianapolis, Indiana, sure. no matter who they played, you would, you would say point blank. I've known you long enough now. You would say anybody who doesn't believe that's, that is a non-neutral field is out of their mind. Tom, they play. They, they are. They, that's basically how far Indianapolis is from Bloomington is the same as Athens, Georgia, to Atlanta, Georgia. Sure. If Indiana was playing the Big Ten Championship every game in Indianapolis, that is, it's just like the Big 12 basketball tournament. Tom. It's a joke. They play it in Kansas City, which is right across the street 20 miles. from the University of Kansas. Right. It's a joke. But somehow the best team usually always wins. That's weird. Question, question, Tom. That's in every sport. Well, question, Tom. That's in every sport. Where's the Florida-Georgia game every single year? You hear me bitching about that? You want to answer that question? Where's that at? It's, it's in Jacksonville. It's a regular season game. Oh, but that, okay. But it's in Jacksonville. It's a regular My point is this. Season if, if, if all of this is true about how Florida State can't possibly win, and that, and that is true, and, and we can sit here and debate until, until uh, we're blue in the face about it, uh, wouldn't it be, wouldn't you, couldn't you argue that it's almost more impressive that they were able to go to their third string quarterback in no time at all? You give that third string quarterback a month to prepare, hey, he's probably going to be a little bit better. But let's just say, for instance, he has to go right in the fire. They went into Florida, a SEC opponent, they beat them. They held Louisville to six points and they beat Louisville with the third string quarterback, the same Louisville team, like I said before, that beat Notre Dame. 
So to yep. sit here and act like Florida State is nobody's is wild. It is a wild thing. And trust me, I let my – you know what Elliot said to me this morning, Tom, that, that, that kind of softened my stance on the SEC a little bit this year, is what is the SEC's best out-of-conference win? Do you know what it is? Not very good. It's not very good. The ACC had a winning record against the Southeastern Conference. So what are we year. talking about? So, 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 so what is it? So we're just, it's just all speculation. It, no. it, well, also, it is all speculation. That is true. That cannot I, be denied. And I think, I think a reasonable point. human being, no matter who you root for, a reasonable human being would say Alabama versus Michigan is a far better football game just based on a small body of work, two games. And yet you can talk to me about three weeks and four weeks of prep. I hear you. I hear you. And their second string guy would be back by then. And he looked pretty good against Florida. Not great, but he'd be back. I think we all have to come to the common agreement that Michigan-Alabama, at least on paper, is a far superior game than Michigan against the Florida State team we just watched on Saturday night. So why stop there then, I guess, is the question I'd have to you. Right. So, so if Florida State isn't one of the four best teams, then why stop there? Why, 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 not, why not pick apart Washington and who they've beaten this but year and ask them? They didn't lose if Georgia, starting If Georgia played – They beat Oregon oh twice. It's not why you play sports. If you lose gotcha. a member of your so, team, so, so we are, seasons aren't invalidated. So if you lose a member of your team, your season doesn't just disappear. You play the sport. That's what sports is. I guess, Tom, I if, you, if I lose my starting point guard for UC this year, if we lose Day-Day Thomas, our season still goes on. You don't get to not play because you lose a player. You're That's right. That's not what sports is. And look is. what happened to UC when Kenyon Martin went down. Sure. Look I, what happened to UC when Kenyon Martin went down. Tom, I guess the— Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate in 2018. Nick Foles led them to a Super Bowl. Well, Led them but, but, to but, but, but you, you're comparing apples to oranges with the NFL compared to the college game because the NFL, they play it, like you said, on the field. You have a tournament. The rules of the game are set up ahead of time. This committee has the rules set up ahead of time, and we can agree to disagree about it. No problem with that. I get it. But the rule clearly states if a team is impacted by a major injury on that team, that will be taken into account. Tom, do you think that if Ohio State, let's just say, for instance, the Ohio State example you used earlier this year, if Ohio State doesn't play unbelievable, doesn't play unbelievable, they don't even become the national champions. They won two games in the college football playoff. They beat Alabama, and they turned around. I think they beat who they beat, Oregon. Oregon but they you won had, the but, whole but you got a They chance. won the whole they did, damn but you thing. Got a chance. And you know what? You could have made the argument that year that if they wouldn't have won 59 to nothing, and you're going to sit here and turn around and say, but let's just say Cardell Jones just had a, had a little bit of an off game. We all have bad games. He just had a little bit of an off game, and, they, and let's if say they won 20, Jones 28 to nothing. does not throw six touchdown passes, and they score 59 points in that game, right. if they score 22 and barely beat Wisconsin, there is no way in 2014 Ohio State would have leapfrogged TCU to get in the final. And four. that's my point, is that they still were— Louisville had their—I mean, Florida State had their chance. They still were capable, Tom— of winning the whole damn thing despite how they looked against Wisconsin that year. Florida State, you could argue, still has a opportunity to win the games at a different way in which they won them before. That's fair. And, 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 and all of this stuff is like all we're doing is just debating. My point is this. 
to your point, is if, if it is about the four best teams, then put the four best teams in there. And we all know that's not what happened. Well, there's no question about that. And, and by the way, I was laughed out of the room for saying that it's all rich people in that committee. This is one of the committee members, Rod West. Anybody want to guess where he's the athletic director of or the president of athleticism? Does college anybody have a guess for that? Well, not everybody on that committee committee is an athletic director. Correct. He's the group president utility operations for Entergy Entergy Corporations. We're going to say that guy's not there because of money? The group president utility operations for Entergy Corporations. Football guy. That's what I think of when I think of football. What's his background? Group president utility operations for Entergy. Sure, he played football in college. That's his background. Where did he play? At Notre Dame. Played at Notre Dame. Has he had any other collegiate sports involvement? Before you just fire off, I don't know. I don't but know that, the but, that, but that's not my point. No, that's but I'm saying, has he been an athletic director for the last 30 years before he moved into the – I don't know. Does he? He played football at Notre let's, Dame. Let's so it's it not up. like just some rich guy who doesn't know anything about football. Sure, but my point is that guy is not there because he's currently associated with football. He's there because of money. Wait, that's time, why that guy time, is there. Time out. I look, I don't know at the end of the day. I mean, they got people like Barry Alvarez that are sitting on that committee still, okay? Who who was a legendary coach, great athletic director. He's no longer has anything to do with athletics, but they want him in there because he knows the game. He was previously at LSU the board of supervisors for twelve years. People okay, are saying so he's, he's the president been directly of the sugar bowl. involved in what's that? People are saying that he is the president of the sugar bowl. They're just saying that or he is. That, that's what the chat is saying. Okay. And then so he's I, a president the of the Sugar Bowl. He used to be the president of the All-State Sugar Bowl. Yes. So this isn't just some rich stiff who's sitting in the room. This is a guy sure. who played football at Notre Dame and was the head of the Sugar Bowl. So you gave a you, – you, you, you're playing this game like that, that the, the one side of the little kid with the face painted black. You didn't wait for him to turn around so you could say the other half is painted red. You just said, here's some rich guy, and you gave me his job title, and that's why he's in there because he's got money. This cat's dedicated his whole life to college football. I would say it's because of money. But, but here's the only thing where you lose me, Elliot, is like, what's the point of your argument? <laughs> yeah, what's the my point, point is that the whole decision is based on money. It's not based on, that, com- that can't it's be, not based that, on competitive You just can't play. believe that. You can't believe that you because think, if that's the you case. Think that if, uh, you think Florida State accrues the, the same amount of revenue as Alabama in that game? Okay, then why stop there? Like, I know why. That's my whole issue no with college difference. athletics. Wait, it's my whole wait, issue wait, with wait, college football. Wait, what's the question you just asked us? What does Alabama bring them more revenue than Florida State? No, there's no difference. The, they could have played James Madison in that game, and the cash is the same. Every check has been cashed on that TV deal. They start a brand new one next year, so there is money has nothing to do with this. I think all of us would agree. You'd rather see, as we talked about before, you'd rather see Alabama, Michigan. But this wasn't decided because you're going to make more money. Ad sales, long gone in that game. Now, do I think there's maybe a chance of four or five open ads in that, in that game that bring you a little bit more with Alabama playing in it than, than Florida State and their situation being what it is? You don't think more maybe. people watch? Maybe. You don't think more people watch? No question about that. That's my like. That's my point. Do I think college sports is rigged? No, it's silly to think that. But I'm saying this decision was not based on 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 competitive athleticism here. It was based on other factors. That's my point. And whether you want to agree with it or not, that's fine. That's up to you. Okay. All right. Okay. So at the end of the day, it's a shame. I think we all agree. 
we all agree it's a shame. Um, what is this? Fried Bologna. He says, uh, Elliot's right. A bunch of nepotistic old dudes. Nepotistic old dudes. They're old. Now, what does nepotism have to do with anything? Nepotistic old dude seems like an oxymoron. No, what, is that, what does that mean? Nepoti- I know what nepotism is. Right. I've heard all about it. Nepotistic old dudes. They're the ones making this decision. Nepotistic old. So does that mean that like Nick Saban's dad is in there? That's what nepotism is, right? Correct. Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. So I just want to clarify that, that I, I wasn't quite sure. I, I, I'm curious. Um, I mean, why do you even use a word like that? I mean, I hope you understand what that word means. What does nepotistic old dude, those three words put together, in reference to this committee, have anything to do with Alabama getting in instead of Florida State? Maybe nepotism is they have some Southeastern Conference voters in there, which they do. There are also some ACC voters in there. So, I don't know. Um... The Ohio State thing, comma court. I mean, if anything tells you, you talk about in this decision, and, 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 and Elliot, everybody spotted, Tracy, everybody about this whole Florida State thing. If you don't think that this, as we know of amateur sports in college football, is all about being a stone cold killer, then look no further than this deal with comma court. I mean to tell you, Ohio State, they lose one game. Had they lost that game, the first or second game of the year like Alabama, Ohio State would be in the playoff today. But they're not. They lost the last game of the year, and they're going to play in the Cotton Bowl against Missouri. A quarterback who's been waiting two years to play. Granted, a lot of this, but wouldn't you expect that from a starter in his first year? I mean, we keep talking about the Bo Nixes of the world. He's in his eighth year of college. Michael Penix is in his sixth or seventh year of college, right? Mm-hmm. We're looking at all these guys. Now, the kid at Alabama, he's a freshman who got benched early in the year, came back, won his job. But here a kid takes over as a starting quarterback at Ohio State. He goes 11-1. and one. He throws 24 touchdowns against six picks and hits on over 67% of his passes. Yesterday, when it was announced that Ohio State was going to the Cotton Bowl, Ryan Day, in his press conference, and obviously he knew the deal already. So, why, you know, for people who are saying, well, Ryan Day's comments precipitated Kyle McCord going into the portal today, there's zero chance of that. Ryan Day sat up there yesterday knowing full well that Kyle McCord was about to go in the transfer portal because they had already talked about it. So, McCord. 11-1 first year as a starter, right? He wins in his first year as a starter. He goes down the field against Notre Dame on the road in the last 90 seconds of the game. They win the game. They lose by one score against Michigan on the road. And he's gone. Gone. Tom, you know my, you know my take on not only college football fandom, but uh, certainly Ohio State is it's just it, – it's <laughs> – the expectations aren't realistic. I mean, like, why would you want to go be a quarterback at somewhere where if you go 11-1, and one, 
you're, you're shown the door right after the season's over. Yep. And the season's not even over. You, you're going to play in a New Year's Six Bowl, and, and, they're, and you're just going to leave. That doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. I mean, Kyle McCord, I know Ohio State fans didn't like him. I know, I know they a lot of them wanted wanted him gone or wanted somebody else in there. But at the end of the day, he, he as you mentioned, you, you laid out his highlight package, right? Eleven and one, beat Penn State at home, went down and beat Notre Dame on the road, and had a had a chance to beat Michigan in the final week of the year. And uh, yeah, see you later, smell you later. No loyalty up there. The, I mean, the offense didn't look great for Ohio yeah. State. I would say for most of yeah. the year, I, I, unless I'm wrong on that. I, I don't think no, I am. I, I I do agree, though. It's 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 kind of unfair. If you're going to sit there and say Ryan Day shouldn't be fired for it, Kyle McCord certain, certainly shouldn't be shown the door because he lost to Michigan. So I, I, I do think it's brutal. It's a brutal world they, they have to uh, live in when you quarterback Ohio State football. You just got the raw end of the deal, I guess. That's brutal. I, I can't imagine. Again, I don't think – is he a sophomore, right? He'll have he'll have uh, two more years of eligibility left. Yeah, so he'll his third year in the program, but yeah. Okay. So all right. So he'll be okay. He'll find somewhere smaller. He probably won't get to the NFL, and that sucks for him. But at the end of the day, I would say it was it was a substandard year for Ohio State the the Ohio State offense, and they blame the quarterback. It's unfair. And there's a lot of Michigan. pressure. There's a lot of pressure on everybody, man. Ryan Day has immense amount of pressure. He's one of the best coaches in the country, and every single year, if he loses to Michigan, the, half the fan base. Whether it's whether they're reactionary or whether they genuinely believe it, they want Ryan Day fired. And if you're Ryan Day, you have to make a decision. Um, you've watched a quarterback all year long that you could arguably say he never trusted him. You could arguably say that Ryan that 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 was the missing piece from Ohio State being basically the the favorite to win a national championship. And I know that's easier said than done. You could you could swap quarterbacks all all throughout the country and make a team great or not great. I get that, but you're Ohio State. And what that means is, is you have the financial resources and the power to be able to go out and get almost anything you want through the portal. Almost anything you want. So the truth is, is that there's probably been a talk from Ryan Day's standpoint on who in the portal would they like to go and get. And yes, they have a five-star quarter, quarterback coming in. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that they think they can probably go out and get one of these guys that yep. Matt Rule talked about costing one or two million dollars. Yep. Well, that ain't nothing at Ohio State. And the fact of the matter is, is if they think they can go out and get a better quarterback... That's what they're going to do. This is cutthroat business. It really is. This is a cutthroat business. You can, if the kids can get paid now, and we're going to open up the the dirty laundry that's been around for a long time. Um, it is money. I mean, let's face it, Tom. There's so much money in college football now that you just have to do whatever it is that you think is best for your team to win, and you can might as well, for the most part, push aside the whole program, make guys get better loyalty stuff well it, and, and the thing is the pressure is going to be if you don't think pressure is already on ryan day now uh, you, you gotta you know you just look at the mo recent history here now when he takes over for urban meyer he brings in justin fields and tells in all the other guys who have been there waiting to play you're done do you end done see you later out the door and and they ran for the hills okay cj shroud after him becomes a starter wins a job what happens quinn ewers who's playing in the final four, the quarterback at Texas, right? He walks out the door. He was playing at Ohio State, making a million five and didn't play five downs for Ohio State this year, that year. He goes to Texas where he can know he be the starter the next year because Shroud was coming back. Now in the recruitment of McCord and McCarthy, J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback, who's playing in the final four. 
All that kid did his whole life was dream about playing for Ohio State. His entire room was covered, covered with posters and pennants and banners. Every hoodie he owned was an Ohio State shirt. He was all in. And it came down to Ryan Day making the call. Who are we offering the scholarship to? McCarthy or McCord? He gave it to McCord. McCarthy now is what, lost one Big Ten game as a starter. He has the best record of any starting quarterback in college football the last two years. So the heat is clearly on. Ryan Day, if it wasn't already, it's really on now. Casey, I did not get your perspective on this whole thing. I want to on, know before we wrap up this college football thing. On McCord? No, more on the, uh, well, whichever one well, you Well, let, let's just, I think we've exhausted the playoff talk. Okay. But the McCord <laughs> thing. Well, you're never um, going to exhaust it. It's all that everybody's talking about on, on, in, in sports. Yeah, I don't think you can It's still it. the lead story on every single, sp- in, in this, you know, 24-hour news cycle we live in. It, I mean, it's the first time I can ever remember college football dwarfing the NFL after a Sunday. Yep. Casey, you know what? Casey, I want your opinion on it. You want my opinion on it? Yeah. It's entertainment, guys. Like, what are we talking about? I'm not going to sit there and watch an FSU game be the most boring game where they're going to get blown out. What about the 100 kids on FSU's roster, though? What about the kids? They're they're adults. Most of those guys are going to probably have a chance to play in the NFL. Well, not most of them. You get my point. Like a percent. But I I just – I don't think that – the FSU decision, I thought it was um, calculated. It's in the bylaws. Like, they did it all by the book. I don't see a problem with it, in all honesty. I get that it's a sport, and if you win every single game, but not every game is equal. Not every game is valued the same way. The ACC, we all know, is probably the fourth best, maybe even the fifth best conference out of the Power Five. Yeah. And yeah, they beat the one thing I would I would add to Elliot's argument is that FSU all season long had only given up like twenty four points to a team all season long. Their defense was phenomenal. It wasn't just against Louisville, it wasn't just against Florida, it was against LSU, it was against Clemson, it was against Duke, it was against all the other other teams. They were phenomenal all season long. And but, I want to – go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But that, go ahead, Tom. No, no, no. Go ahead. What were you going to say? All I, I was going to say is that they – just because one player gets hurt, and, I mean, quarterback is half the team. I mean, I, if we're talking about who the best teams are, I really do think that they have the four best teams currently in the top four. You don't believe that. I do. I, well, I'll tell you. All right, let's play a quick little game then. <laughs> you want to play this game? Yeah. All right. Me and you are betting. I mean, your house, I already, I already your house versus my house. Your house versus my house. So everything you own. Georgia's playing Washington. You gonna pick Georgia? Or you gonna pick Washington? All right, my point point stands. You can keep going. I mean, I, I don't it's know. not the four it, best teams. It would be, it would be, it would be a lot closer. Deserve, you think. It's the four most deserving teams until you think that it's ah, oh, this looks a little muddy. So let's it would be a lot closer. Let's change than you it think. for the last one. Let's change it for the last one. We don't want the four best teams. We want the last one. Ah, oh, this is a little shaky. We'll change it up for them. What, I, you I think am, you I, think Washington gets blown out? Because that that's what you're basically saying. I don't think that's the case. I think it's a lot closer than you think. Okay. It's probably going to be like a seven-point game maybe. I am a University of Cincinnati football fan. I am a fan of the University of Cincinnati. God love you. <laughs> yeah, when God they love. went undefeated and made the playoff, 
There is an argument right now that this Florida State team is significantly better than that UC team. They won the Power 5 conference. They're 13-0. I'd argue the resume is 10 times better than what UC's was. They let UC in because I guess they have a healthy team. That's and that, they pick. No, and, it's because it's because they pick because they no, were because it was the top four at that year. Like if Florida State no, 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 played no. that year, they would be in Oklahoma, over UC. Oklahoma yeah, State, were. Oklahoma State, arguably had a better resume that year at that at that moment. If if Florida State had an undefeated ACC thirteen and zero ACC champion the same year as UC was in, they'd be in over UC. Oklahoma State, Simple as that. Oklahoma State, you could have made an argument that Oklahoma State was in over UC. There was a strong there was a strong argument. The issue was they had two losses, UC had none. That's the only thing. Florida State had a damn good resume. Yeah, they had four. They they beat four ranked opponents. Yeah. At, at the at the end of this all, guys, what, right. what we're boiling it down to is that it was as we all knew, and we, and it's clear as day now how broken the system was from the get go. This is the yeah. only and I, we, I, Chatterbox put out the the Mike Leach clip from t- 2017, and this is stuff that Elliot's been saying. This is stuff yep. that I've been saying. It's the only sport where the champion. Is really not determined on the like we 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 speculate about who gets yep. to play and stuff like that. And yeah, you can say well in March Madness some some at large teams get in because they just determine that they're better than the other team. Yeah, but we're talking about the 11th seed. We're not talking about four teams getting to play for a national right. championship. At the end of the day, it's just not a very good system, and that's why it's changed. That's right. That's, that's right. why it's changed. That's exactly right. And, and by the way, uh, I had asked a question to Fried Bologna <laughs> <laughs> about he used nepotism. He said, Boo Corrigan, who's the athletic director at NC State, his dad was the head of the ACC. Definitely no nepotism there. Look, you are spot on right there about that's who Boo Corrigan is. There's no doubt about that. Boo Corrigan is also a guy. I mean, he went to Notre Dame. He got a master's degree. He was an athletic director at the United States Military Academy. He was an athletic director at the university or assistant at Virginia and Notre Dame. And he's been at NC State, which is no powerhouse athletic program, for a number of years. He just happened to be the guy that was voted on. I don't think that that means nepotism had anything to do with. And let's not forget here, as somebody pointed out, Corrigan is an athletic director in the Atlantic Coast Conference. That's where Florida State plays, the ACC. He's just a man on the hot seat. Everybody else has a vote in there. All right, we got Charlie coming up in a few minutes. So let's get our ad reads in, and then we come back with Charlie Goldsmith. We'll shift gears to the Bengals who play tonight. Did you know they play tonight, Keith? (laughs) Yeah, I did know that. Take it away, Keith. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the uh, future Bengals report will be brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. Just go. They're going to interrupt you. The path to innovation begins here. Visit Encore.tech. And then I got productivity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they think they're funny. Like you, very, dude, very they, funny. they're so funny. Yeah. Uh, Pawnee water made right here in Hamilton, Ohio uses natural limestone filtration. Unlike the artificial processing that other brands use, the result is a healthy alkaline water. Some say the best tasting water in the world. I don't have any with me today, but hopefully we'll get that fixed. Um, it's great tasting water in the world. Uh, visit Pawnee water at P A H H. NIwater.com. See where you can buy this great tasting water. 
We and for and we have some super chats. Um, let me pull those up real quick. I've got Mr. Mo, Tom, Kyle Corcho, no improvement, misreading route concepts, inconsistent throwing, no pocket awareness. This team won despite him. I would have to agree with that. And plus, next year they're losing pretty much all their star um, star offensive players. So it's going to be an interesting season for the Ohio State Buckeyes offense to see what that looks like. They need an upgrade at quarterback. They were going to want to continue their success, if you ask me. Uh, that one guy, Kenyon Martin went down. Didn't UC have a chance to compete for a title? Yes. That's a good point. Again, good point. You, don't, you don't eliminate the University of Cincinnati from March Madness because they had a player go down with an injury. That's not how sports works. Continue, Casey. And then Drew Garrison and ESPN signed a $3 billion television deal with the SEC, and you think they're leaving the darling Alabama out Follow the money. Um, yeah, I mean, in all fairness, I like it's an entertainment first. It's That's how they continue to make money, and it's through entertaining players – or not entertaining players, it's through entertaining people. And um, I just – I'm actually happy that FSU isn't playing it in, in the in the playoff because it would be the most terrible um, semi game ever. I mean, no, even geez. if they did win, it would be a it would be a low scoring game. We all know that. I already made a, a, a argument for their defense possibly winning a game, but it would be just a miserable game to watch. It just would be. I that's fair that and listen I think we all would agree that if we were going to do the same scenario I put you up against Washington versus Georgia and I said Alabama versus Florida State we would all take Alabama but that's that's almost like you know Ohio State should have never got the chance to go play Miami for a national championship when they were the Hurricanes and you know why because Miami they had Ed Reed they had they had uh, <laughs> Ken Dorsey they had the best football team known to mankind they were the most powerful dynasty in the world um, Ohio State, the little old Miley Ohio State who barely got past Purdue that year and they were just squeaking by Big Ten games left and right. They should have never got a chance to play Miami because they, they, they didn't belong in the same category. But somehow Ohio State went down there with a good defense and won. And then, you know, last year, TCU, by the way, they were plus two, 250, I think, to beat, to beat Michigan. I'd like what, – what, what's uh, – that, that, that'd be interesting. I'd like to see – I would love to know what the line would be with uh, Michigan versus Florida State, is it more than plus 250? Because last year, TCU beat Michigan plus 250. What's, what's the did. biggest upset? But they also had a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback. Again. They I didn't guess Craig Krenzel. TCU did That's not fine. have Craig Krenzel, Craig T Krenzel. You know what? TCU would not have made it last year. They, remember now, people forget, TCU lost the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, that was did. their first and only loss of the season. And they still got put in. They had a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback in Max Duggan playing. Florida State's playing with a guy that we don't even know his name, and that's no disrespect to that young man. We don't know him. He threw for 55 yards on Saturday. Third-string quarterback. I know. You said their second string would be back. Well, I think he, I would assume he yeah, would be back. Know. He was out because of the I mean, we've, we've exhausted we, we have exhausted the point. I'm not trying to, like, get us back in that realm. I just, you know. What's the biggest upset in college in the college football Playoff in the ten years of the college football playoff. I was trying to. Think. Was it was it TCU over Michigan last year? Might have been. Yeah, I think. It was it the been. first year when Ohio? Like I don't remember what the betting line was for Ohio State over uh, over Alabama. Alabama. Well, Alabama was clearly the favorite. They were number one. Ohio State was a four seed. Um, 
you know, both teams had pros all over the field. But right. again, you're right. I mean, it was a backup. It was a number two quarterback playing the game. That's TCU. I mean, I think Ezekiel half, Elliott think. ran for like 250 yards in that game. What's yeah? That that's when, when Cardale Jones. You know, everyone talks about Cardale Jones and, and the run that he had. I think Ezekiel Elliott had a 200 plus rushing games. Both games. <laughs> like all in, three. In, in yeah, in yeah. The, the Big Ten championship. And and as for Kyle McCord, and I think someone put this in the chat. I think it was Ever Henry asked this question. Tom is is. I mean, I know everyone was disappointed in Kyle McCord, but is it just in juxtaposition on what Ohio State has had because they just had the run of greatest quarterbacks at the that the school has ever seen, going from C.J. Yep. Stroud, Justin Fields, and before that, Haskins, uh, Haskins, J.T. Barrett. Yep, the, the the lot of them. It was about a decade of unprecedented quarterback play from Ohio State, and it's just like Kyle McCord was okay. Well, he, he had the, trivia he had the eighth best quarterback rating in college football this what about year. That? You Would go. you take him at UC? <laughs> yeah, I'd take him at UC in a heartbeat. I think I think about how many. You think Division Satterfield would coach him up, team? Tom? Think Satterfield would get his mind right? <laughs> I don't right? know. <laughs> I don't know. Tom, trivia question of the day: How many? Uh, what do you think the point spread was when uh, Craig Krenzel, who I don't think was a Heisman candidate that year? No, he was not. Yeah, he wasn't. I don't think he was uh, highly touted. Uh, what do you think the point spread was when they went down and played Miami in the national championship? I was at that game. What do you think it was? What do you think everybody thought? I would say it was probably about an eight or nine point 13 spread. Thirteen and a half, Tom. Wow, thirteen and a half. What happened, Tom? We know what happened. Damn, weird. Sometimes when you play the games, the outcomes are different. But again, Craig Krenzel started every game the whole year for Ohio State. They had like seven wins that year, decided by six points or fewer. Give them credit; they won the games. But they had some miracle games that year, and he was a starter all year long. All right, let's get uh, shift gears real quick now to some other things going on in sports. Believe it or not, there are other things going on in sports. And it's hard to believe, Charlie Goldsmith. Here we are before we get to the Bengals, but I want to ask you a Bengals question, then get to the Reds and come back to the Bengals. You know, you look at the last two years, and we said this at the top of the show, it is so hard to believe that here we are sitting in the first week of December, the last two years compared to this year, and kind of where the Bengals fall on the radar. I mean, clearly they're going to draw big numbers, television numbers tonight here in the home market and all that kind of thing. But man, what a difference a year makes. It's a reminder of how like Joe Burrows is the one who sells the jersey. Joe Burrow is the one who my big takeaway from the Steelers game last week was like the impact of having Joe Burrow on the field, how that impacts like the cheers and the noise when it's like third and 10 and the defense is on the field. Like people cheer more when the defense is on the field, uh, depending on whether or not Joe Burrow is healthy. So, you know, it's all been a reminder of, you know, why he gets paid the uh, $275 million. All right, uh, well, we want to jump to the Reds real quick because you were at uh, Reds Fest this weekend. Uh, we talked about uh, really good crowds Friday night. I, I know from, from some insiders, they were a little disappointed about the, uh, the outcome on Saturday. But look, it was a nice day Saturday. People had a chance to get out. It's 55 degrees. It is what it is. They still had good numbers, a lot of enthusiasm down there. Um, what were your biggest takeaways from Reds Fest? So, so last year, 2022, Reds Fest was here are the new prospects, the future is bright, and that was that was the message that was being stressed and coming across. Just as strong of a message was sent this year, and that message was it's great that the Reds added Nick Martinez and Emilio and Emilio Pagan. The Reds aren't done yet. The Reds are having one of the busiest stretches in the offseason that they've had in a while, like 2020. And, and if you take that out, 
going back even a decade before that, they are being very aggressive heading into the winter meetings. They're in contact with basically, you know, all the guys who would represent big upgrades on their club, mid-rotation starters, some more Nick Martinez-type hybrid starter reliever guys, middle-of-the-order bats. They, they obviously won't be able to, to get everything, but they do have a lot of flexibility to work with, looking for the right fit, looking for where there's mutual interest, and it's kind of all hands on deck taking it to, a, to a, another level. Were you surprised at all that, uh, and maybe you're not, I think we've talked about this before, but I mean, for a lot of people out there, there's been a lot of sort of noise about the whole Trevor Bauer thing, the possibility of the Trevor Bauer thing. And of course, he added fuel to the fire by saying how much he enjoyed playing here and Derek Johnson and blah, 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 the fans. I mean, Nick Crawl just chopped that thinking down right from the get-go. Did that shock, shock you at all or no? It didn't. Um, you know, the theme is the Reds are aggressive, looking to make moves, and it, it has to be pitchers who fit everything that the Reds are building, and Bauer just, just wasn't a fit in their eyes. Okay. All right. Um, so the, uh, the, the GM meetings are now underway in Nashville. Now, a lot of times you don't necessarily see big deals made. A lot of the groundwork is made. Uh, that, 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 you know, things might happen maybe after the holidays and so on and so forth. But I tell you the team, uh, Charlie, and, and look, I don't know how much you follow it. I don't follow it all that closely. But for a team that wins the way Atlanta wins, it is amazing what that franchise is doing in this offseason. I mean, they are wheeling and dealing every time you turn around. They've already made, what, like a seven-player deal uh, a couple weeks ago, and then they turn around and make a six- or seven-player deal again yesterday. They And their deal yesterday was the recipient of a pure salary dump, getting an impact starting left fielder, I think, in Jared Kelnick, a guy who was the top prospect in baseball, kind of ended up getting overshadowed by Julio Rodriguez, but I think he's the perfect change of scenery candidate to be a breakout. And all they had to do to make that happen was tack on some salary, you know, these are the advantages teams like the Braves are going to have over the Reds on a very tangible level because of that added flexibility and, you know, spending they're able to do. Braves have done a ton for their bullpen. I read today they're looking at Otani. It's uh, good to be Atlanta, you know, when you already have the best team in baseball. Oh, there, there's no doubt. I mean, it's, it's, it, it really is. I mean, for, for fan bases, no matter what sport, uh, no matter who you root for, if you're an Atlanta Braves fan right now, and look, you're disappointed that you got beat uh, in the playoffs. But, I mean, golly day, man. They just keep going after it and putting the pedal to the metal, and they're not going to sit around and wait for anybody else to mess up their plans. Give them credit for that. We'll see if the Reds are as active in trying to make something happen for a starting pitcher. All right, the Bengals. Um, you know, look, do you think – and, and look, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. Nobody's been harder on Zach Taylor than I have, uh, even in the years when the, when they go to a Super Bowl and they go to a championship game, because I think the offense never lived up to the billing at the end of the day when it mattered the most. Um, a lot of people have been uber critical of Taylor and Callahan uh, for very little changes in what they do offensively against the Steelers. They ran the ball eight times in the game. And then after the game, Zach Taylor says, oh, man, that's playing Pittsburgh. It's going to be tough sledding. And then Arizona go puts up 24 on them, and Connor runs it down their throat yesterday in that win. So do you think we see anything different tonight from Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan? Yes and no. So, yes, yes, because Pittsburgh is a very interesting defensive front. They play – 
heavy personnel, often three linebackers, even when you line up at 11. And the Bengals are an 11 team. So when you line up with three wide receivers, you're going to have a, a receiver trying to block a linebacker, and that's not going to go well for you. So the Steelers are a team that pretty much always has a hat-on-hat advantage um, when you try to run the ball out of 11 personnel. So for those reasons, like the, the Bengals felt like they'd be running uphill against the Steelers. It just wouldn't be advantageous for them. Jake Browning was the second most efficient quarterback in the NFL last week. I think it was like 8 of 10 for like 80 yards or something on first and second downs when he dropped back. So I do get why they ran the ball as little as they did. It'll be game plan specific again this week. I think the Jaguars run defense is their strength. They have really rangy linebackers as well and a physical defensive line. Um, but I think you'll have opportunities for some more outside runs, some more tosses, some more screens and bootlegs because the Jaguars don't have the same you know, the Pittsburgh has two of the best edge setters in football. So you'll be, able, you'll be able to add those kind of wrinkles in for this week's specific game plan. The Bengals never practiced in training camp to be a run first team. This isn't what they do. This isn't what they were built to do. So it's never going to look great when Joe Burrow's not in there. It'll continue to be week to week. Again, it won't look great when they have to run the ball, but this is just the reality they have right now without the franchise quarterback. Um, T Higgins is going to be back. It looks like that he's set to go. Uh, he's dealt with a rib injury this year. He's had a, a hamstring injury here of late, you know, look, um, uh, T Higgins for a multitude of reasons, uh, needs to finish this season strong. There's only six games left. It's basically been a washed out season for him because of the injuries. First game out of the year, a lot of drops against Cleveland. It's really a shame of what happened uh, to this guy this year because he's been such a great player since coming into this league with this franchise. Um, you know, do, do you think that with him back now that, that, that they look to get him the ball early in the game tonight to kind of get him back in the groove? Or is this going to be one of those where, you know, maybe they, they target Chase 17 times in a game? You can make the case that like Higgins helps Browning more than Jamar Chase does. And I know Jamar Chase is a better receiver than T. Higgins, but when T can do just with his physicality and with his size advantage, and especially like his catch radius, his ability and his range almost to reel in some throws that are not quite as on target, he can give give uh, Browning some more benefit of the doubt, some more margin for error. Browning really couldn't get the ball to Jamar last week, too, because of how the Steelers were just selling out to, to stop him, understandably so. You know, two of Jamar's big catches were on tip passes, and another was on a breakdown in coverage that led to a one-on-one down the sideline. So, like, having Higgins back just changes the math. It gives him more answers. Again, I'm not expecting fireworks tonight. Uh, the Bengals' offense uh, just isn't itself w without Burrow. Browning's has a lot of room to grow and the Bengals have a lot to figure out about what Browning does best in this backup role. But yeah, it helps, uh, it helps him out a ton having uh, Higgins back. Um, Chase Brown probably sees more action tonight, right? He does. And he, the, the only reason he didn't really was because the Bengals just decided to stop running the ball against Pittsburgh because, because it wasn't working. I like Chase Brown. I also think that it's unrealistic to put him in the game and expect him to rip off 20 yard carries. Like everyone's like, great, get Chase Brown in the game more. This is, literally someone who's never really had much of an opportunity to run the ball in the NFL. And I do think there are expectations are, are, are very high for a fifth round pick who's never done it to come in and, you know, rip off this huge run. You will see more of him. They need more of him. They, they just don't have other answers. They need that explosiveness on the outside and that speed on an offense that doesn't have enough speed right now. But again, I think we will see more Chase Brown. It'll be a really important stretch for his development, but I don't know that he's the answer that's going to have the Bengals becoming a 28 point per game scoring team.
Okay. All right, fellas, uh, bounce around the horn. Anything from you guys for our main man, Charlie? Go- is this going down the Drew Sample Road again? No, no. Actually, we would love to ask Charlie a question. I'm sure if I did have a question to ask, it would be about Drew Sample. Unfortunately, we got ransacked over in this corner. I lost it, my headphones. We, someone someone oh. stole our headphones. Someone stole our equipment. I think I know who the culprit was, but we uh, we actually can't hear anything Charlie says. <laughs> so so. Has, it has to be Trace who asked the yes, question. Trace, 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 Trace it has to be you. We turn to our leader. Uh, how long until Dylan sees his red? The asking price is really high. So, like, this is this is the debate, right? This is the conversation. Nick Crawl, ever since you know he became the full time lead decision maker, sustainability, sustainability, sustainability. And I've heard him talk about like the, the times the Reds have gone all in. 2010 to 2013, 2020, it has cut up to him a bit. So I'm looking more at a glass now or Bieber, who I think would be more attainable than Dylan Cease, who would cost a, a heck of a lot. Okay. All right. Good enough, Charlie. We, as always, thank you for your time and your expertise. We'll check in with you again sometime soon. And thanks again. We appreciate it. See you guys. All right, Charlie Goldsmith, Cincinnati.com. He covers the Reds, covers the Bengals, covers everything in between. Heck, for all I know, maybe he'll be at the shootout this weekend. Who knows? Will you, you know, I want to make sure. I want to make sure. I want to make sure, on a very serious note, that I clean up one thing that I said today, and that was when you were talking about the rich guys. Rich, just and rich. And I Tom. threw in white guys. Yes. that was me. That wasn't you. So I want to make sure that I clean that up. Yeah. You never said that. And I want to clear something up too, Julia. I'm not woke. I am just a normal guy who Who, said rich people. Yeah, that's not Jacob's mom's name. Yeah, that's not Jacob's mom's name. It's Juliet. Juliet. Oh, did she get on you? Yeah, she called me woke. How disrespectful! Because she she was quoting you, quoting me, and and is this This is this is Juliet Tissot. Oh, I thought we were talking about your friend. I feel like I feel like her comment was valid though. What a shot that was! Her her comment (laughs) was valid. Freudian slip there. That was brilliant. No, but you were going to say, she was on your I, case. She called me woke. Juliet Tissot. Yeah, I'm not woke. Listen, I, I, I just think that there's some money involved in college athletics, and especially on the committee. That's all my point was. There okay. was nothing about race. No, it wasn't. And, I, and, and again, we want to make sure we clear that up. Had nothing to do with Mrs. That, Tissot. That, that Jules joke was good, Tom. That was one of your best. That was good. I, I stole it from somebody in the chat. <laughs> they were all very excited. <laughs> very excited. Yeah. Uh, by the way, is J- Jacob? He had to be at the game. Did you talk he to was him, at Casey? The game. Yeah, he was. You, at the you guys game. talked to him. He was. He was happy. He was excited. He's all about it. Yeah. So uh, during the game, um, he was nervous as all could be. Yeah. After the game, he's messaging our group chat, and he's like, "Alabama's got to be four. They got to be four before FSU ever even played. He was already." Onto that game, sure. so he he's he was threatening the college football <laughs> playoff. Yeah, he, he said, was. "I dare you to not put us in. I dare you." He was going to show up at the committee with. with he was going to get him with a fresh supply of Dr Pepper and Chick Fil A, and adult diapers. Get those guys some help. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good line. Thank you. That's a line of the day, without a doubt. That's a line of the day. Um, when you're, you know, when you're sitting here talking about this, uh, th- this weekend in pro football, and we got to get to our picks here, um, and, and over the weekend college and pro, you know, that San Francisco Philadelphia game. Yeah. I still can't believe it. I can't. I've been saying they're the best team all year. 
You didn't say that when the Bengals blew them out of the gym. Well, they were hurt, Tom. I know, but you didn't say – when you just said, Actually, I've been I saying say it that. all year long, didn't, I did you say didn't that. say it when the Bengals took them out behind a woodshed. I did say and that. And gave them a, I said a the serious beat, I said the Bengals drilling. beat the best team in all football. And then that became – the Bengals became the best team in all football for a couple weeks until they – For a day. <laughs> for a day. For like a week. Well, about a three-week run they had. Yeah. They had a good three-week run. Buffalo, run it was. Seattle, we'll, we'll, whoever we'll forever remember that three-week run. Boy, what if I like told – I mean, Months the, ago. The, 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 I'll tell you what. This Bengals season has been horrible. Uh, if you would have told me before man. the year that Drew Sample would be an avid part of this offense, I, I mean, we would have known it would have been over was, back then. Someone was telling you that. Someone, someone's been, been, been preaching that from the get-go. We had a – I think it was about five weeks ago, four weeks ago, Reed, Casey, and I, we, we were eating lunch, and, and Reed brought up – so what do you think? What do you think the average betting line for Drew Sample to catch a pass is? And we were just throwing hypothetical because there's no sports book in the world at the time that would give an odds like that because it would be minus 400 for him not to catch a pass, or at least that's what my debate was. And he said it'd be a lot less. Ever since we had that debate, he's caught like three passes a game, yeah, and he's had three touchdowns <laughs> or two touchdowns. Two touchdowns this year. Two touchdowns this year. The Bengals' season has been a roller coaster to say the least. I'm just hoping. All I want. Is there a chance tonight? I just want a little glimmer of hope. Just a little bit. I don't think I'm going to get it. I don't think I'm going to get it. But I want a little glimmer of hope. You you were asking Charlie, and I didn't hear his response about getting the run game more involved. The Jacksonville Jags are third in rushing defense in the National Tough sledding. It's tough sledding when you go down to Jacksonville, Tom. And not to mention that, we've been shredded by every running back under the sun this year, including Devin Singletary, who had 150 yards on us. Looked like prime Adrian Peterson. They have Travis Etienne. <laughs> if you were a betting man. He's a little beat up, though. I, he is a little beat up. I'd bet a responsible amount of money that Travis Etienne uh, rushes for at least 125 yards. What is the over-under on Betfred Sports on his rushing yards? I think it's, I think it's 70 right now. So then you'd be, you're going to be loading up. Yeah, lo- load, loading up. Which you won some money this weekend. I did. I, I had a productive, and we'll, I guess we'll talk about it in whenever we do uh, – uh, what, what did I miss? Called? What did I miss? Let's get into it right now. You want to do that now? Let's do it right now. Okay. Right. And then we'll get to our picks a little bit later on. We can talk more about the, you know, the, the, the Bengals game briefly tonight. I think, by the way, Reed, you're going to get a little glimmer of hope. Jacksonville's lost three games this year, every one of them at home. There's bad mojo down there for them. Hey, They go on the road. They look like the best team on the planet. They play at home in Jacksonville. They look tired. Wait, wait till the Bengals rip off six in a row, Tom. And they're in. They're in. Zach Taylor wins coach of the year. No doubt. And we give him a lifetime contract here in Cincinnati. All in. All right. Then they tell him they, they have to sit at home because their quarterback's on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, That's season, right. That's what happens. Season's over if you get a, get a player injured. <laughs> Craig Sandlin says no glimmer tonight. I disagree. I disagree. Okay, uh, let's start with what did I miss? And we're starting with you since you were saying, before we show the highlight, tell us what was going on in Elliot rearing the zebra's world at that moment. So I, I'm, I'm going to th- show two. The original what did I miss is Vermont. Okay. Because there's a Vermont. I, I sent Casey two clips. Uh, uh, hopefully we'll watch them both. Vermont, I didn't get to see this one live, and I imagine nobody saw it live because it's Vermont basketball with all due respect. But what happened in that game, and, and you'll see it here <laughs> – it, they were down five points with three seconds left, Vermont was. Say that again. Vermont was down five points with three seconds. Okay. So whoever they're playing, I forget who they're playing, they make this free throw. Yeah. Here it is. 
So they're going to make a free throw. They're going to throw the ball down court. They'll just take a free layup. The other team's not going to play any defense. Yale, no defense. 0.6 seconds down three. Offensive foul. Offensive foul on Yale. So we're going, we're going the other way. That means Vermont has the ball with 0.6 seconds. Vermont's going to inbound it, throw up a three ball, nail it, get a foul called at the buzzer, and he's going to go on to make this free throw. They, they scored six points in three seconds. And one of the most preposterous wins you will ever see in college basketball. That's unbelievable. There was a big debate on Twitter about, I think our guy, uh, one, or I think it was Paul who tweeted it, um, Twitter Paul that is. He said, look at all those people leaving the gym early, Tom. And that's See? why you stay till the end. That's I've never right. left a game early, nor uh, so, I, so I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> all right, next up. So this is what Tom was talking about. I told Tom I had a spectacular gambling weekend because of this TCU play. So I'm going to give you a little backstory. TCU's down by two. They're going to throw it in here. Look at this high arcing ball out of the camera shot. Boom, in. TCU wins. I, so I had a responsible amount of money on TCU money line. I bet it live at halftime or right after halftime they were losing. So I bet them live. They, re they would review this, and if, if you see it again, you'll, you won't see like the zoom-in angle, but it's determined that he stepped out of bounds. The guy who makes this shot was out of bounds when he made it. The refs got into a, got into a huddle. They looked at each other and were like, yeah, he stepped out of bounds. It's clear. But per the NCAA rules, we can't overturn that. It wasn't the call on the floor. Wow. So the call stands. TCU wins, and I win a ton of money. It was me and my friend Zach were at my house. And we each had a large amount of money on TCU Live Money Line, and I'm not kidding. We ran around like ugh, I, I we we ran around like madmen, just jumping up and down. And then and then they started saying, "Oh well, it might get back because of the thing." Then we were dead men, and then we were back to being madmen once they ruled it that they couldn't <laughs> overturn it. It was one of the best wins I've ever had in my life. And I tell you, I I really give it up. One of my favorite people I ever met when I was broadcasting college basketball games was Ed Cooley, longtime coach, Providence. He just left this year to go to Georgetown. So he was on the losing end of that shot. And he came out after the game. He says, man, the, the three guys we had as ref officials in this game are Final Four officials. They're regional final officials. They are three of the best officials in college basketball. They are not the reason that last play we lost this game. He said, now, would I like to see that rule changed where you could overturn that yeah. if you're able to pick up that? He, he said, of course I would. He said, but... Anybody who thinks we lost that game because of that last shot, he said, not a chance. We blew and the game. By the way, college basketball was incredible this weekend. A ton of upsets, including Cal. your guy, Cal. What the hell happened there? UNC Wilmington at home. Well, I don't even know why, why Kentucky would even allow themselves in a position to lose to a team like that. Cal. Well, Kentucky's way better. They would never lose to that team. That's so what why I'm saying. Play the, yeah, so why play the game? <laughs> that's a great point by you. <laughs> this is going to go on I, That's a good now. point by you. I don't know how in the world UNC Wilmington, why'd they even show up? I don't know. Seems that's like a, a waste of gas money. very good question. I'm assuming it's because uh, they got paid to go. So it's a full lot. circle moment, maybe. Elliot's on to something. You just got to follow the money. And a like, lot. I don't know. Listen, we've already belabored my point. Um, I was going to come on here and just say, listen, this whole thing is a sad situation. The good news is, is it's gone forever, starting next year. Uh, the last thing I'll say is, in, if, if we're going to sit here and get upset because, oh, the, the, the 13th best team in the country didn't get a chance to play for a national championship, I think we can all reasonably conclude that at that very moment, 
that they didn't get a chance in the regular season to deserve an opportunity. But the one thing that we haven't ever discussed with this whole situation with college football is, is the opposite, right? What about the team that has their starting quarterback that's not available the first two games this season or the first three games this season? What if, what if, what if, what if, uh, let's just say, I don't know, McCord perhaps was, was, was out the first two games of the season. Michigan loses one of those games. Now are they in? See, this whole college football thing just turns into a huge speculation piece, which at this point, I got to say, has become very tired over the weekend. I realized really quickly that a sport that I love dearly has a major flaw. A major flaw. And the fact of the matter is it all gets fixed next year. But if you didn't see Dan Mullen, who, who quite honestly doesn't really love to recruit, uh, wasn't a very good football coach. In fact, I wish he'd go back to Florida because the guy was great when he was there. Um, he said something that I thought was pretty eloquent the way that I believe yesterday, and this is what he said to, to finish off once and for all the college football playoff talk on my end for today. Because they have to go to Wildcat with their third string guy. So the committee is looking at, especially I think that Florida game, and saying that, okay, this is what we have to make a, a determination on. What happened in that game? And based on the totality of where Florida State is now, is Florida State one of the four best teams? And I think what they decided, if not in these words, is this concept. Florida State showed in those two games that they're basically Iowa right now. They have great defense, suspect offense. Well, the same day you're talking about this Florida-Florida State game, the Alabama team, who we just shoved right in, they're the greatest thing of all times, played an Auburn team who had been absolutely boat raced by New Mexico State. I mean, embarrassed by New Mexico State. The week before. And needed an absolute miracle to beat an extremely below average Auburn team. And so, but oh, I guess, way. I guess I'm sorry, that, that must, and that was not with their backup and third string quarterback. That was with Jalen Melrose, who is like, has to be, Jalen Melrose, the guy. They could barely win that game. So I, I think to me, and it gets into the biggest thing, and I love the, the criteria. The criteria is the best team. Well, how do you find the best team, okay? The best team subjectively, well, it was already done. The best team yesterday going in, Georgia was the number one ranked team, okay? So the committee thought they're the best team. They're, they're, they're the best, like they, we don't need to see a game. They're the best, okay? Because it's subjectively. Las Vegas had them as, as a big favorite. Subjectively, they're the best. Objectively, we went and played a game. And when you played the game, oh, lo and behold, maybe they're not the best team. In the movies, the hero always wins. The best team who we subjectively think is the best team in college sports doesn't always win. Maybe who you think is the best team doesn't always win. So in the game of football, what makes it so special is you have to play the game. And when you play the game, someone wins and someone loses. And if you play it 10 times, it might be different. But in college football, you get to play it once usually. You play the game, someone wins, someone loses. And you know what Florida State did? All they did was win. Win, win, win. You're... All right, fair. So that's my point. Yep. And uh, if, if uh, the beautiful thing is, like I said, we're done with it once and for all next year. There will be 12 teams. And you know what the best thing about all of it is, Tom? They even slipped in the old idea of letting one of the non-Power 5 teams in the playoff as well. I think that's a great idea. Yes, it is. Just, you never know. That's right. You never know. You never know. All right, Reed. The committee knows, though. They do know. To be fair, they do know. They know know best. Committee knows. So the question was, is what did I miss? It really wasn't what I missed over the weekend. It's what I missed this morning because 
I was promised if the Miami Red Hawks oh. won the MAC championship, we'd have some high noons. I but, know. You know, luckily, I told you guys on Friday, and shout out to Alex Wallace for bringing this up to me or sending this clip to me. I told you guys, if you wanted to watch the biggest football game in football for this past weekend, there'd be not a better place than you drive into Oxford, you go where all the real sports fans are. I mean, you've seen pictures of the Yeager Stadium. You know how proud that fan base is. Look at look at Brick Street. Look at Brick Street for a second. Casey, go ahead and run the clip of Brick Street once Miami won the MAC championship. Look at that, Tom. Place is popping. It is. I mean, there ain't no place like that in Athens, Ohio. That's for that's for damn sure. And there certainly ain't no place like that in Toledo. What a, what a great fan base. What a great fan base they have in Oxford. I don't know why certain people on this show. That's how many people go to their game. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yes, it is. That's how packed. many people they roughly have. Actually, they don't have that many. I was going to say, there's less. You're right. I think they were just cheering. But I give it up to them. A lot of high noons I think in, that, was, in yeah, that picture. I, I absolutely think, zero high noons in this studio today. I think they were just cheering on the fact that their parents opened up their trust funds. I think that's what that cheering was. Mm. Hey, uh, I, I got like a question. That's like the third I time you've, you've uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's a money guy today. You, you uh, demean people with, with means. Money, 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 money. Hey, Trace. I believe you that hate was a, rich people. That, yeah. Was that, that was a system play. <laughs> he's woke. Right? That was a system play? Toledo. That was. Toledo yep. was a system play. Yep. I haven't hit a system play in a month and a half. Yeah. Month and a half. I owe everybody high news. That's all I know. And That's I will true. have them. I left them in the garage this morning. That, that is on me. And look, I said it. I picked them last week. And we're going to roll through the picks here in a second. Hey, I picked Miami to win. And what that guy, what Chuck, what, 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 what Coach Martin did, and what the backup quarterback did. Everybody forgets the second best quarterback, really third best quarterback, probably in the, in the conference this year, was Gabbard. And he got hurt. They did not lose a single game with a backup. So, Miami, good for you. Congratulations. Wait, they're on their backup quarterback, and the Mac still let them play for a championship? They let them play. Oh, my gosh. They let them play. Unprecedented in the sport. They let them play, believe it or not. All right, Casey, what do you got? Uh, Tom, mine's really simple, and uh, most of you actually already know. 49ers mollywopped the Eagles. They proved why they're the best team in the NFL right now. But they came with a mission. And I just wanted to showcase this team all came to this game wearing black. They came to this game, call it a funeral, because they were murdering the Eagles. <laughs> I mean, they just, they were on a mission. And they all came in black. Look at this. I mean, that's a team that is on a mission. So would you like to see the Bengals get is off the Chase bus Young? all in black? Absolutely. I would love, Tonight. Would love to see the Bengals step out of that bus. You mean bus. you wouldn't rather see Joe Burrow in like some, you know, pair of shades and a, and a fancy sport coat and, you know, some wild shirt? You'd rather see him in all black? Absolutely. Oh, that would kill the fashionista. Although they're going to be wearing all white, right? For the white, they're wearing their white helmets and white jersey tonight because they're angels and they're going to heaven after they die tonight <laughs> oh, <laughs> i was thinking they were dressing up for their own funeral or that mm. oh my gosh mm. all right all right do they have a chance you think they, you, you I, think I they I have a chance believe they have it. yes i do even without their star quarterback? i believe they have a chance 
How, how so? I just do. I don't know why. I just have a feeling they're going to show up and compete. I think they got a chance to win a game. I don't really have any facts to back it up clearly when you're, you know, uh, they, 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 they've been awful on defense. Uh, they've been awful on offense when they don't have Burrow. They were mediocre with Burrow there. And, you know, they, and, and you saw what happened to the Steelers. They couldn't beat the stinking Steelers. And they stink. I mean, that game yesterday was just, was just brutal watching the Steelers play football yesterday. And to think you can't beat that team at home. So, therefore, logic would say, Tom, you're out of your mind. But there's just something that tells me tonight they're, they're going to show up. Monday night football, they're a proud group. They've had success. I think they're going to show up and compete. All right. Uh, my, my only thing tonight uh, was, and we don't even have to show it, if you're watching the Browns yesterday, right? Flacco shows up, had great success in the NFL. He's won a Super Bowl, right? Got to the playoffs year after year after year in Baltimore. Finally loses his job. Browns pick him up off the scrap heap, but it goes to show you how one play can change an entire game. They're down 20 to 13. Flacco throws a touchdown pass to make it 20 to 19, right? We got nine minutes left in this game. What happens? Are you kidding me? I wouldn't hit the locker room if I was Stefanski. This guy's gone. To be fair. Shanked it right. Goodbye, Dustin Hopkins. Uh, he would have met him. me in the, in the tunnel. <laughs> if I was a coach, I would have met him in the tunnel, <laughs> and I would have said, hey, big boy, there's a greyhound leaving three blocks down the street. Wherever you're going, go get on it. Because it changed the entire complexion of that game, the way Cleveland had to play. It does suck because he's been one of the best kickers in the NFL this year. Big wow. deal. Tom, they lost by 17 points, though. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they were forced to play a different style. Instead of running the ball, doing some things, they, they all of a sudden now they're having to scramble and play, make big plays. And, and they get picked and they score a touchdown. And they make a, a close game look bad. I'll tell you what, Flacco looked damn good. I would, I, there was a point yesterday, Flacco was making throws – he was – there, there would be, like, intuition. I, I know he's a, whatever, 18-year veteran in the NFL, 16-year veteran in the NFL. But he was making throws well before the receiver, like, made a turn. He looked elite yesterday. Is Joe Flacco elite? He also, After made, yesterday, he yes. also made some terrible he throws. Did. Like he did. He was – Yeah, but he joined the team two weeks ago. So, I give him a little bit of – All right. I, I don't know. Joined the team two weeks ago. What terrible throw are you talking about? The interception at the end? No, like he was he was missing people over their head. Like he was he was yeah, trying he to was. Hit, he was sailing people like four or five different passes was like three yards over people's heads. All right, let's get to picks. Let's go. Here we go. Starting in college. That's right. All we'll right. start All right. with Here we go. the Friday night game. Friday night. Nailed it. One and oh. Reed Easy. Trace. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, bye bye. That's the most disrespectful line I've ever seen. Yeah. In all seriousness. Because your, your intuition says Vegas thinks that Oregon's going to win by 10 here. I'm going to go with Vegas. And they, they had the lead for a minute in the third quarter. And it was, I mean, it was all Washington. I, I mean, it, look, if I'm a betting man and I'm not, I, I think Washington is going to drill Texas. Really? Washington, is, and I'm not, I, I've always been a Pac-12 denier. Washington is good, man. They got a great quarterback. They have the best next to Ohio State. They have the best wide receiving group in the country on one team. That's right. Their defense has athletes all over the field. I mean, that Oregon team and everybody and his brother was telling us how great they are. They they, they ran over that team twice this year. Twice. They were, they were nine point favorites. I test tells me they should win that game. They should have. 
but they didn't because that's how sports work. Next that's game. exactly right. You got to play the game. Got to play the game, Tom. All right. What's our next? Louisville versus Florida State. Whoopsie. You have a lot of faith in your team there, Elliot. Yeah, Elliot, you were saying your guy, <laughs> Satterfield, was coaching two teams. He was. He did not show up for that game. Well, our season, UC season ended, so he called it quits for them, too. I guess that's kind of what it was. He wanted to go on vacation a little bit early. Yeah, I thought, I, based on the spread, I thought that Louisville was going to win the game, if I'm going to be honest. It was one of those things where I get in my head and I try to outsmart Las Vegas. It didn't work. I, did Florida State play good offensively? No, but they did a damn good job defensively, and they shut down Louisville completely. Boy, Louisville's Louisville. Off. I can't believe how bad they looked. And I give credit to... to bad the, weather. Well, I understand. I, I get all that. But, I mean, that was painful to watch that game. That was bad. Both games. Both, that, was yeah. the, that was the worst night slate I've ever That's seen. That's right. No doubt. That was horrible. Iowa, Michigan, brutal. Brutal. Okay, yeah. next up. One and one. Oh, boy. <clears throat> 3-0 so far. There's another team. 2-1, Elliot. I mean, you watch Oklahoma State play in that game, and I watched a lot of it. It, it, it really makes me wonder about some of these conferences that we put all – Oklahoma State looked brutal. I mean, they looked awful. Now, give Texas credit. Look, you know, they, they only lost one game this year. It was early against Oklahoma. They beat Alabama at Alabama. I give it up to Texas. Ewers is back. They're playing good. Good for them. First time they've won a conference championship since 09. All right, next. 09, Texas. Ugh, boy, it was easy. this brutal. We were on the right side of this. Yeah, mm. that was easy. Boy, there's another one. Same kind of thing. Exactly the same thing as the Oklahoma State-Texas game. K what is this game? Casey, did you say you're on the right side of that one? We were on the right side of this. Okay. How are you on the right side of this? One bet cash. They didn't did score it. a point. Yeah. I know. Las but, Vegas but. set Las Vegas set their point total for each half at 0 0.5, and the under hit both times. I get it, but it was a special teams play that gave them basically a free touchdown. And then it was the I, several just, turnovers. and. I'll say I, it was close. I think Vegas was, probably got it right. Okay. All right. Next up. Mm. Trace mm. picked against his guys. That might right. have been the mojo. No. You Trace just, killed Sometimes you just know. I mean. it, always, wow. it always goes that way in the conference championship game, doesn't it? Yeah. The mojo. Well, it's just crazy because the better team should always win. And that's what it comes down to. <laughs> and I don't know why you even play the games. Because if, if you look at it on paper, you look at Georgia, and they're the best team in the nation by far. So they should be in the college football playoff, and they should be the one seed. Next. Oof. Reed, we had faith. I love you it got all over my case so, for picking them. Yeah, I should be all over no, your No, you case. shouldn't. You are going I against your I can separate emotion from being objective. Miami was rolling. They got it going on up there. System they got point. it going on. That System is very point. disrespectful to your alma mater. No, it's not. Systems. No, it's not. I'll never root for him. I didn't say I rooted for him to win. I picked him to win. We got to get Chuck Martin on. You know what? We've had him on. We got to get him on before the bowl game. Yep. You're right. You're right. What bowl game are they in? Are they Duke Mayo? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Next up, we go to the pro game now. I'm Nailed the only it. idiot that took the brownies. Yeah, that was that was a bad pick, Tom. That was really bad. You're on a roll today, Elliot, I think. I'm doing good. You had a good weekend. 
Okay, next up, Reed, you've, you've been on a pretty good roll. Yeah, I've only missed one. Missed Jason. that one, though. <laughs> oh, boy, Trace, you and I had the feeling, didn't we, the big red? Yeah, I mean, you know, Pittsburgh's not the, outside the fact that when the Bengals played them, they haven't looked very good all year, so I was just hanging on that. Men of aluminum proved it yesterday, but boy, I tell you, it's tough sledding you get in there. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> tough sledding. Oh, daddy, tough sledding against them Steelers. <laughs> I'm the only dummy that went with the Eagles. I mean, they were only 10-1. and one. <laughs> oh, You're bad at things. <laughs> I just oh got their last one right. What was yeah. that? What was that? You're missing, that you're missing, it seems like you're missing a lot here. Well, I, I'm missing a few. I'm not missing a lot. Go ahead. Or maybe I am missing a lot. Oh, oh somebody got man. this one right, I think. What was the spread? <laughs> Three, Houston, Tom. They, they cover? Did Houston know. cover this one? Elliot, 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 did they cover? Houston covered, and, and listen, I credit the committee on this one. They nailed this one. Houston was certainly the better team, and they showed it on the field. They played the game, and it turns out the better team did win. Okay. All right. Reed, sorry. Yeah, it's all right. Elliot, sorry. Trace, Case, well done. And me and Trace on this one. Mm. Damn. Oh, boy. Eight and three on the week for me. Wow. Casey. Good time, Casey. Got to start listening to Casey on our bets. Zebra. I don't know. Go ahead. Although he said he had a good weekend. And did we pick tonight yet? We have not picked tonight. No. Ooh. All right, we got to pick tonight. That's going to be fun. What is our uh, Betfred Sports line in this one tonight? The line, so it opened at 7.5, Tom. The line opened at 7.5. The line is currently 10 points. You're kidding. It's moved to full field goal. Are you serious? Yep. What would, in all seriousness, I, and I ask you guys this regularly, and I sincerely mean it, I'm not a gambler. What would move that line that has happened in the last, what, 24, 48 hours? Why would that go from seven and a half to 10? All the guys on the, all the guys with the money on the selection committee are all putting that's their right. money on the Jags. The, so the, a lot the rich guys. Of, yeah, the rich guys are all yeah. throwing their money on the Jags. The that's guy that's why. vice president of that oil company, I'm sure. That guy, <laughs> football guy, though. <laughs> He was president of the Sugar Bowl. In all seriousness, what? <laughs> I mean, what a, a, that guy cares about football because he had enough money to sponsor the Sugar Bowl or to run he the He played Sugar at Bowl. Notre Dame. Okay. Let's not okay. – no, you can't just – He's the president just, of the Sugar Bowl. Where did you play at college? We can't allow, allow you to sit on this show and, and sit here and act like he knows nothing about football. He played at Notre Dame. Sure. I mean, that's He played something. two ways. So did Rudy. <laughs> I, think, I think I said in his bio that he played two ways for a national champion Notre Dame. Just some rich dude from Texas in the oil business. By the way, we uh, we messed that up. They are playing. Uh, let's see, Miami of Ohio is playing. They're in New York Six um, in the Mexico Cure Bowl, but it's played this year in Orlando, Florida. Avocado, avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. It's played in Orlando, so that's they're playing Appalachian State. That's a good game. That is a good game. That's an interesting game. Okay. You guys ready for? Let's the, do the picks. The pick. All Let's right. do the picks. Are we gonna do a bowl pick them in this show? We I do, should. I do a bowl pick them with my buddy, and the winner gets I forget how much money. Usually like three thousand dollars. If you go, I don't know how many you have to win. Usually you have to win like ninety percent of them to get the money. I've never won it yet. I've got I got close one year. I got like eighty percent, but this year we're going for ninety. Why wouldn't it just be who gets the most right? They get the cash. That is. That's what it is. It's. it's but okay. you have to win about ninety percent. Oh, okay. Oh, you're saying to win. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, Reed, we always start with you. Ben Gallies, uh, according to Betfred Sports, a 10-point dog tonight in 
Jacksonville. Listen, we've gone, we've done two hours of this show, and we've talked about uh, Monday Night Football <laughs> regarding our local NFL team for a total of 10 minutes. That's how little hope that we have in the Cincinnati Bengals, and that's all I'm asking for. For the last six weeks of the year, all I want is just a little bit of light. Let me sit down on a couch, sit down at a bar, sit down whatever I'm doing when the Bengals play, and just give me some hope that they're going to win the game. So for that reason, I'm, I'm, I'm betting with my heart. Give me 10 points in the Cincinnati Bengals. Dude, you are very, very greedy. You got eight years of hope and change. And now you want another six <laughs> weeks of it. Go ahead. Damn Who's right. next up? Damn Go right. ahead, Elliot. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Cincinnati, I'm about to do you a favor. Listen, I, I think the Bengals season's over. I don't think there's hope. I think we don't have a quarterback. Our wide receiver room's depleted. Our defense is getting torched. Our punter average is 26 yards a punt. I think this game is perhaps the largest margin of defeat in NFL history. It outbeats that Jaguars-Broncos game from early in the year when they won 70-10. to 10. It's going to be worse than that. It's going to be 80-0. to zero. Jacksonville wins this game at home. It's the greatest win in the history of the sport. Uh, Jacksonville wins. Wow. Case? Trevor Lawrence, Golly. 10 touchdowns in the game. Wow. Uh, um, I don't think it's going to be that bad, but I don't think it's going to be pretty. I'm going with the Jacks. Wow. Gosh, Casey, I can't believe it. Casey Casey is on the ride. Like he, he's strapped. He, he sits down in the ride. Puts his seatbelt on, puts the lap bar down, and whatever the Bengals are doing, he's riding high or going low. No doubt. <laughs> he's just a ball. He's a lot. I mean, Casey, you are a mess today. It's the disgusting what Casey's done. I mean, it's the holiday season, dude. You know, you and do. it's the worst year in Cincinnati season. sports history. You want to go walk around in a mall for like 45 minutes today. Like a lot of the older people don't want to so go outside so they get their exercise and step dude, inside dude, the mall. Doc, right? You want Because then you'll hear Christmas forget. music. And, to and hang you, you up the sock, break. right? And just exactly break. as and the worst sock. It is the worst we'll be sports the year now. in Cincinnati sports history. <laughs> that is such a bad it is. take. It is not, though. It is not. It is not a bad take. That is brutal. All right, Trace, what's your pick? <laughs> Who's more dead, the Bengals or FC Cincinnati? <laughs> <laughs> They're right next to each other. Six foot in a grave. <laughs> I mean, FC Cincinnati, they, they had the best with the worst season. record in the league Quoting, for the first three years of the franchise. They finally make the playoffs last year. This year, they get to the final four in the sport. The coach is coach of the year. The defender is defender of the year. They have the league MVP. They have the best record in the history of the league in the regular season. And you're saying they're, they're what? Quoting Brad, was, Pitt, uh, quoting Brad Pitt from Moneyball, if you don't win the last game of the season, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> Yeah, and they lost to their division. I told you guys over and over. This is like losing to the Steelers in 2015. This is something that will be talked about for the rest of my life. Cincinnati, Do you FC think Cincinnati really lost to Columbus Crew in the right championship. Do mind game. is going to be talking about this for the rest of their lives? Because if they do, if there's anybody talking about this game in three years from now, they're probably babbling in a mental institution. <laughs> We still talk about 2015 Bengals, so I, I guess I got to go to the No, it's the same thing, guys. It's the same thing. In a select group of people, it is the same thing. If you go to that the, the bar down there that's the rallying bar, they will be talking about it at that specific bar probably in three years. The fact that Casey has the audacity 
to say that this year in which the Bengals won two playoff games, the Musketeers made the Sweet 16, the Reds went on a 12-game win streak and were in the playoff chase when they are supposed to win 60 games, and on top of that, the soccer team has the best regular season in sport history, is the worst year in this town's history, is the most ridiculous thing that this show has ever said. It and, amounts and, to and nothing. And earlier in the show, Kate Kelly was talking about rich white guys. It amounts all to nothing, though. At the end of the day, it amounts to nothing because they lose to their division rival. The Reds, they, they can't win a game in Oakland on a Sunday, and they are That's out right. of the playoffs. That's right. And then and then, and the Bengals lose their highest paid athlete in all of the NFL, their star quarterback yeah. for the whole season. Now yeah, tell me how a, great there's how great that is a fair is. point. Is yeah. that is that this, this past month has been terrible? This town's most influential, highest paid player of all time did have a season-ending yes, injury, and you don't know if he's ever going to come back and be the same guy he was before because that's just the way this goes in the NFL. So to be fair to Casey. That is true. I also want to uh, clear up one miscalculation over there by reading what he said. He said it was the worst take of all time. Elliot did say that he could win the ta- the Masters in 10 years. That's still at the very top of the list. No, that's I think that's a ricochet shot. That's unfair at this current juncture. Tom, I did laugh. I did la- How long in the chamber were you holding up that Where? what hype are you talking about when Sir Boy tweeted at you when FC <laughs> scored that second <laughs> goal, Tom, by the hype? How long did you have that typed out? What hype? After they lost that game, <laughs> I, I, it was it was a while. <laughs> it was a while. Okay, uh, Trace Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals. You're gonna give me ten points. Can you at least take points. solace in now, the fact you, that they're you, ten point underdogs? Well, <laughs> you know, I almost changed my mind because after I listened to this show, uh, maybe I'll change it again if I listen to it back once more. But you know, the whole backup quarterback thing—it is very concerning at this point because I don't know how in the world anybody could go in there with a backup quarterback and, and be serviceable. No doubt. But I do think that they will keep it within ten points tonight. Yes. Which I don't know. Would that be the best? If they held it within 10 points tonight, would that be the best win, non-win of the season, or do you think that Xavier still holds that against Houston or maybe Purdue? Trace Trace was fighting the really hard to, to take a shot at Xavier, and he just he just fumbled the bag getting through there. So it's all right. It's all right. Okay. I'm going with the Ben Gallant. Moral victory is what we're looking for. <laughs> I'm going with the Ben Gallant. I think they're gonna uh, I think they're gonna show up tonight. And Let's I definitely top. think. Not only do I think that they'll cover the 10, I think they got a chance to win. Damn. On Betfred Sportsbook right now, Tom. What's the money line? Plus 375. Whoa. So if I bet a hundo, I would win 375. That's right. You bring back $475. You bet $1, you win $3.75 for for me and Elliot's. Can you uh, make a $1 bet? Sure. You You can make a 10 cent. I think the minimum is 10 cents. Wow. Well, they'll take the cash. They'll take the cash. That's right. Cash is king still. Cash is king. All right, boys, this has been a little slice of heaven. We've had a little bit of everything. Tomorrow we're going to recap everything that happened in the game tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll go with our Power 5, so we'll be able to pick our own college football playoff. We'll figure out who we think should be there. We know the committee picked, but who do we think should be there? And is there anything else on your minds for tomorrow as we look ahead? Red's hot stove, baby. What if we we get a big free, uh, free agent signing, Tom? You never know. It would be in jest of the Reds to have some terrible news and dump it right as soon as Monday Night Football happens. That would be good. That's, that's the time to do it. That's 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 when they've done that's it. Before. When you do it, that's <laughs> when you do time it. Time with the with the local football team. Absolutely. It, but uh, right after this, we got box lunch tonight. Good. 
And the host today is you. Is me. So it goes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Correct. Correct? Correct. And then after the Bengals game tonight, there will be Chatterbox Bengals. I have a feeling that we might hear the words, that's why we play the game in box lunch coming up. I think so. I think you'll say a lot. I think you'll hear a lot of words. I'm going to say a lot of them. I can't wait. This has been fun. Casey, Trace, Tom, Zebra, Tom. Reed. See you, Tom. Enjoyed it, man. Everybody have a great rest of your day. Don't lose sleep over this stuff. You might lose, lose, lose a little sleep tonight because it's a late night. Everybody's going to be a little slow moving tomorrow, right, for this show after a late night. But, Casey, if for no other reason, we're all about wanting others to do well on this show. Not just us. We want others to do well. That's right. I, I really hope and pray that the Bengals can pull one out so when you show up tomorrow, there's a little brightness in the room. I sure hope so, Tom. Okay. I hope so, too. All right, box lunch right now. Here we go. Box lunch. <laughs>